Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this particular episode of the Force Center podcast feed is the Book of Boba Fett report. There is much to report on here in Chapter 7 of the Book of Boba Fett as we close the book for now, question mark. Anyway, I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, non-question mark, statement. I'm Ken Napsuck, or you can now say Napsuck, Ken, 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 Ken. Oh, over the top and fun. Love it. Look, I, I prefer Joseph, but for a moment, I would consider going down to a one syllable name so I could join in on the fat Joe. <laughs> uh, stay Joseph and try to work in those extra symbols, uh, uh, syllables, not symbols, but symbols as well. I love the drums. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, pour one out for that astromech drummer droid. 
my favorite <laughs> droid in the galaxy right now. So sad. So sad. Anyway, there's so much uh, to get into, including the song has lyrics now. Uh, but we are going to discuss everything about Chapter 7. The title of that episode is In the Name of Honor, written by John Favreau, directed by Robert Rodriguez. About 55-ish minutes of actual story that was a lot of Boba Fett and friends we always like to set the scene ken uh, you had your midnight-ish viewing with your partner as normal uh, yeah a little bit later again um grace has been doing some acting stuff on on tuesday nights and we're blessed here on the west coast to to get to watch it at midnight you know don't, don't set my alarm for 3 a.m or anything else and god bless those out there that are having to do that or doing choosing to do that um so she got home a little bit later and uh i was it was a test of patience joseph like finished up some video games to relax and after a day of work and i had like an hour and i had watched the final uh Based on like a tweet from Molly Damon who had said, I'm rewatching the series. Anyone doing this with me? Yesterday I was like, you know what? Yeah, I really need, I'm going to do that. I, 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 I haven't done that in a while. So I watched all, all six episodes, um, uh, Monday into Tuesday. So I finished episode six and then had like an hour before the finale. And that, Joseph, that was a tough test of patience. <laughs> so. Really? To, to have to wait? Yeah. So, cause I knew, I knew uh, Grace was going to be home a little bit later. So I was like, I, I, probably, I might not be able to start this by 1230. <laughs> so I sat there with a stack of GI uh, Joe comics, I might as well, uh, Star Wars comics. Wow. There's a blast from 83 past. Uh, so I sat there with Star Wars comics and just kind of read them. Right. And I, I don't even remember what I read. I was just like, ah, oh, finale, finale, finale. So finally got to sit down, uh, saw that it was an hour and was like, oh, we're going to be up late. And we were, uh, went, went to sleep about two. Um, so it was all worth it, man. So it was a lot of fun to take that all in. And it just felt, it felt big. It felt finale. It felt like, hey, we're going to see the conclusion. It just, I, I love that kind of feeling, uh, the event of it all. It did feel like an event. That's amazing. I wish I had had uh, time to do the rewatch. I'm very curious as we discuss this, if you feel like that kind of uh, helped center you on this episode or gave you additional insights as you remembered like very specific beats. Obviously, each yeah. week we watch these episodes a lot and kind of talk about them in detail. Uh, but mm -hmm. there's still that a uh, different effect of watching them all in a row very quickly and also watching the earlier episodes knowing where they're going. Yeah, yeah, right. No, uh, I'll say this real quickly. It really worked. And I really love this series for that. Like when you put it all together and it's not just about, you know, that debate of, uh, you know, wait till, wait till it all comes together. No, just when you watch the show in a row, like you said, a short amount of time, it flowed so nicely into the finale. And I think the finale pays that off. Uh, and that's how shows work, right? You rewatch Game of Thrones for the finale. We rewatch Mando. But I didn't, I, I haven't gone back and watched Mando 2 since it ended. I, ha I haven't. Um, I didn't connect with it in, in, in that kind of way. I did connect with this one, and it was fun to just really be fresh going in the finale. Yeah, I can't wait to rewatch it because uh, there, this uh, season of Book of Boba Fett, uh, perhaps the only one, we'll see, has so many just absolute pleasures of the surface of the aesthetic uh, uh, line delivery, action, comedy. But for me, it also has such great depth that did pay off in this finale, uh, mm. which we'll get into. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I related to your need for patience for my uh, <laughs> preparation for watching this. Um, I really, I prepared uh, by taking what I will describe as a dip in an emotional back to tank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like this era of Star Wars is such a gift 
Um, and there's only more ideas, more characters, more variety coming. So I want to have patience for that. But I feel like, you know, talked about this on our, our most recent News and Cues episode that uh, there's been a lot of uh, not the creature rancor, uh, but the uh, emotional discussion rancor uh, on uh, rancor on uh, on social media. And I really wanted to connect with my own joy. Um, so I just really kind of took a few minutes to just remember, like, you're probably going to see Boba Fett ride a Rancor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you love this series. You love these characters. Just really uh, let yourself enjoy it. And then, you know, we'll engage in the various criticisms. And, and if they're mm-hmm. solid criticisms, we'll enjoy them or talk about them or discuss them or weigh them. And and if it's just some people who don't like it and, and it's kind of uh, the way it's expressed as vitriol, that we'll just let that go. Um, but we'll talk about the conflict, but not engage in, in the anger uh so i kind of just really tried to emotionally prepare myself for that and i got myself into a really good place to just kind of shut off (laughs) negativity or second guessing how people are going to react and just really enjoy this episode uh i also had that great test of patience uh because we had a super busy night uh and my wife is like really trying kindly doesn't stay up with me because she can't quite uh stay awake she needs to get to work she we watch the next day and she tries to get done uh with her stuff and go to bed at midnight and she, <laughs> she it was like eleven forty-five, and she was paying bills and uh and finishing up a bunch of stuff and it's like it's okay i understand i can be patient it's fine i can be patient uh and she made me a nice martini to celebrate the finale and encouraged me to yell uh, because uh, I, I, throughout this uh, this journey watching Boba Fett when she goes to sleep, I'm like, I don't want to wake you. Mm. She's like, no, I like it when I'm half asleep and I hear you laugh or go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a martini and an encouragement to yell is a great way to watch Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, it's a great, great set in the scene to, to get into the overall reaction there. I, I think we both have similar similar journeys, great supportive uh, partners and uh, and, uh, and just uh, that, that I feel uh, giddy, gotta, getting ready to unwrap gift. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that giddiness for me continued. Let's go into our overall reactions. Did you love it, like it, struggle with it? Uh, were you giddy? What was your overall reaction to this uh, final chapter? Yeah, well, the reason I think you and I both mention um, our partners, Sarah and Grace, uh, during this journey, other than, you know, our partners and we love them dearly, uh, it, it is, it's very important for me to kind of experience it with uh, Grace on the couch and see uh, her, her who does not know what Star Wars Twitter is. And it's not just about Star Wars Twitter. But is there there as a Star Wars fan, and it helps me engage with what is there when maybe sometimes I'm stuck behind a pundit wall. Um, <laughs> it helps me see maybe what ah, didn't work as much when I'm um, on top of the pundit wall. Enjoy, you know, it's a good good uh, good balance, mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't uh, you know change my opinions and informs them or or just gives me a bigger picture. And it's very valuable. Um, this all ended, um, and she just blurted out, "That was so fun." <laughs> and uh, that kind of is where I overall land and, and we'll get into the nitty gritty on that, of course. But I cheered. I got teary eyed. I smiled. I said, whoa, it was just a fun Star Wars ride. Uh, yes, full of themes and, and connections and all the stuff we love here in Force Center. But and, and, and I'll say that I don't know if it was the deepest of episodes. I take, take it back. There was a lot of depth in, in, in individual moments here. Uh, it was maybe not even the smoothest episode, especially like Bryce Dallas Howard's episode. You watch that's That's a smooth piece of art. This one's mm-hmm. loud and it's clanky and Robert Rodriguez is having some fun and, 
and 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 some of the action goes a beat or two, not long, but just goes for a beat or two longer than you think. And there's all those kind of things to discuss. But but this was a big finale in spirit, and it was the explosion of fighting that the show I think took its time to build. Therefore, it kind of was earned. It, mm-hmm. it was just as if the show was like, look, we've all done our homework. Now go run around the playground. It's recess. <laughs> Star Wars needs both. And so all I had to say, I just had a fun ride with everything I experienced. Yeah, I, I think we're in the on the same page, and it feels like it's what the intention is. It's not like there wasn't a lot of uh, great action or intense mm-hmm. moments, extremely intense moments, and some amazing action in the buildup. But it really was building up to this explosion. And, man, I, I kept thinking of different ways I wanted to describe the sort of the giddiness, the experience of it. Uh, one weird way I thought of describing it is, this episode was like good cardio. It was just like fist pumping and heartwarming. <laughs> you know, it made you feel engaged and alive for me because it was such uh, great action, uh, great comedy. And then along the way of the action and the comedy and the fun, like your partner said, it paid off every thematic idea and every question, in my opinion. We'll get into them. But, you know, the question of who is FET really? Uh, can the people bond together to save their planet? Or is that, you know, a flawed idea? Is family the better choice? Is change possible? What is family? All, all these ideas are absolutely there, but it is wrapped in this very, very Star Wars package, right? It is mm-hmm. pulpy, weird action those moments where you kind of take a step back and look at what's on screen and go that's just there's a little muppet guy walking up to a mythic beast to use you know (laughs) the -hmm. mystical power of our cosmic connection to nap together it's like it's it's pulpy and it's weird um but through that pulpy weird action it is telling this uh great didactic uh you know teachable moment story of people working together to make positive change. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just this big ball of what I love about Star Wars, including some of its contradictions. It is, it's pulpy and weird and a big B movie yeah. <laughs> on our television screens, but it's got this very heartfelt, mythic, borderline after school special, let's all work together. And I mean that in a positive way. Yeah. Uh, and then it has this side of, and then along with that, here's some pretty like bold, broad comedy and some pretty shocking, brutal violence. And it's it's, <laughs> yeah, it's one of the most brutal deaths ever. It's all these things. And that's what Star Wars is. And I think it's part of the reason that we continue yeah. to talk about it. And part of the reason that that people continue to have strong opinions is Star Wars has uh, this consistency and, and these contradictions. One of the biggest ones being this. It's called Star Wars, and a huge part of it is the ships go fast and blasters and swords that cut people's hands off. But then it's always, always preaching back to pacifism and connection with within sharing that thrill of just kind of bonkers fantasy science fiction adventure. And this just this was a thrill ride on a rancor, a, a kaiju battle for the soul of Tatooine. It was so over the top and so Star Wars and so uh, pure and kind at its heart. Yeah. And, and and I think people get where you and I always come from or where we are now, but I, I think I almost just want to be clear that there, there, there's so much in this episode and this series. The reason I say like, I love Mando season one and two without a doubt. And, and there's similar themes, right? There's very similar themes. They're playing in the same theme sandbox, if you will. But I think Star Wars, uh, I, I love when Star Wars does that, but it affects me now more than ever as I 
um, get older and more gray comes in and dramatic changes have happened in my life or subtle changes and uh, change, asking myself who I am. It, it's not a midlife crisis. I have a 2002 Mustang. That's not too much of a crisis. It was a used car. <laughs> I didn't buy new one. But you know what I mean? Like I was really moved by a lot of stuff. There's, and, 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 and this episode kind of brought that all home. And that's where I love to engage with Star Wars right now. I uh, love having the discussions, you know, uh, do those Vespas still work or not? I don't know. Um, at this point, though, it's what I take from it and apply to my own life. That's why we're still talking about Star Wars. I feel in this episode succeeded in that um, even above the action, which was great. But like the Fett Cad Bane thematic duel <laughs> mm-hmm. um, got me in a way that I wouldn't have uh, thought when Cad Bane strolled onto the screen in uh, Clone Wars years ago. Yeah, absolutely. The way it drove home some of his ideas about working together and is change possible and where does rage and violence come from and how can that be handled? Yes. All these things are like are great and, and complex, uh, but it's all wrapped in this amazing package where, you know, the action and the comedy isn't getting in, in the way of the depth. It's helping to tell the depth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a final kind of overall thing for me is I think there's been this big hanging question of, oh, wow, it, it is definitely um, strange that Boba Fett didn't feature very much in two episodes of Boba Fett. There's been very strong opinions. This was uh, one of those things where I looked to my partner as well, where she's like, I enjoyed both of those episodes, but I was distracted watching them wondering when Boba Fett was going to show up. So mm-hmm. I think it all works for me and it's a valid uh, criticism. It's a valid question. It's a valid concern. And for myself, I was really holding out judgment for this final episode. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it, it came together so well uh, in chapter five and chapter six. I think lots of things were being built up about the state of Tatooine, about uh, valuing the people of Tatooine from Pelimoto to Cobb Vanth. Will they, you know, all come together that that stuff is in chapter five and chapter six, the the picture of the pikes terrorizing the town, mm-hmm. the planet, uh, as Pelimoto says. So there was a lot of just crunchy story stuff that was there. But then on a thematic level, I just kind of feel like for me, one of the main big ideas is um, family and choosing family. And Boba Fett's story about choosing family is the main plot, the A story. And then Din and Grogu are the subplot. Din and Grogu choosing family are the subplot, the B story. Chapter five is Din making his choice for family. Chapter six is Grogu making his choice for family. And then here in chapter seven, we see how everyone on Tatooine benefits from Din and Grogu both making those choices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, There's been um, obviously a lot of discourse around it. Again, it's, it's, it, 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 uh, do I understand on the surface? I I said, I've said two weeks in a row, like, Oh, I kind of miss Boba Fett. (laughs) I like hanging out with my friend Boba. Um, So I totally get it and there's been some downright silly discourse over uh you know what the title is and everything like that uh grew tired of that quite frankly but but it's not rebels goes maul kenobi ahsoka and vader like all factoring into the final thing it just seemed like that's a natural extension of some of the star wars storytelling we've got and and yes you're right so let's see how it all comes together and and the pieces clicked into place uh and Everyone affects everyone, which is a big Star Wars theme now, isn't it? I think there was something in Phantom Menace about circles and <laughs> and, and da, da, da. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, yeah, so anyway, I, I just wanted to acknowledge that in the big picture that for me, it did really come together. And now I think we're at that point of like, it's always going to be a question. It's always going to be a fair discussion to me if it's called Book of Boba Fett and Boba Fett is not in 
uh, one episode and, and, you know, doesn't even have a speaking part in the other. That's always going to be a thing that bumps for some people. Yeah. Uh, but I really approach it as that Star Wars thing of like, this is the way that these creators wanted to tell this story. And then we get to choose how we react and it works for you or it doesn't. And for me, it really works because it is all tied up in a, a beautiful little family bow in this final chapter. <laughs> yeah, again, end of day, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work for you. And uh, that's, a, that's a good spot to be in for yourself, too. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So let's dive into then uh, the big themes of this episode. What ideas were at stake uh, for you? Where did you go first? I mean, clearly a lot of big themes explicitly stated. Right. The title is about honor. We got a, a real big question about what is strength coming out of, out of Cad Bane. And I just think I was above it all. Can't wait to talk about all of it, Joseph. But it was really fascinated about you know, why we come to the fight, because, we, we, you know, fight in, in Star Wars is often an actual fight. But I, I mm-hmm. kind of see that as a cause or what you believe in. And what, how do you come to that? And more importantly, what is your journey uh, to discovering what is important to you? And I think Fett kind of led that way all through it, showing you know mercy, trust, and grace to everyone here at one point. I, I, at one point, you're just looking around. You're seeing all the characters that play. And we're going to rest in peace, Gamorrean Guards. So we're going to talk about that. Um, but, you, you know, you just, it, it's, and I, I'm not digging deep here. I'm not, I'm not an angel from heaven giving you all insight. Like, this, it's just right there on screen. Fett led this all the way. And, and everyone comes there through their own journey and by choice for this co- collective goal. Mando and Fennec had their hand in that as well. Let's be clear. And I just, um, I just love that. I love that about the big theme. When you look at the finale, you just kind of see everyone has made a choice to stand uh, and fight with this character who at one point was the most stoic, cold-blooded killer for hire that we've known, right? We grew up with that. And and now you can just go back with this series and see everyone's path this moment. And it's, it's truly about change, connection, and community. And that's a big Star Wars message and always will be. So I, I just... Went from there, Joseph, and, and asked, like, how does that apply to my life? How does it apply to your <laughs> life out there listening? What path are you on? What do you want to change? What do you want to process? What do you want to save? What do you want to stand for? What do you stand, want to stand firm on? You know, a lot of this yeah. is about change, but also knowing yourself. And I value this series so much for that, as I do Mando. But I think this resonated with me a little bit more. I was joking with my friend, uh, one of our Force and listeners, the great Robbie Smith out there. Robbie, if you're listening, hello. And I was just like, this, this series was a self-help book. <laughs> or change, processing trauma, growth, all those kind of big things that, you know, me, a person in my 40s uh, is is dealing with because you, you, you know less as you go, get older, <laughs> but you start to know more of what's important. Well, you can get more set in your ways and more sure that the world can't change, you can't change, right? You've been around the block and you've seen it and things don't change, right? Uh, a, a bit of, uh, depending on your perspective, uh, realism slash pessimism <laughs> uh, creeps in and to see uh, Fett uh, challenge that. I so agree that that Fett and Din, you know, they are connected. They have some similar experiences uh, and there are some great benefits to to Din being a newer character in Star Wars. And, you know, we get to kind of slowly realize some of the things he's wrestling with. Um, but with Book of Boba Fett, w- with this show, there is an extra power that we've known Boba Fett for a long time. And we've known two sort of uh, conflicting sides of him, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, is always what I wanted out of this show. And I think it's really what I got of the original trilogy Boba Fett, who is the, you know, unknowable solo hunter, you know, yeah. the vicious badass that you can't know in a mask. Right. Uh, and then the prequels, you know, 20 years on uh, say, no, like everyone in star Wars, 
uh, he's a human and he's got all these different ways that he can identify who he is. He is a, a son and a clone and some kind of sort of Mandalorian heritage. And oh, he wants to be a bounty hunter like his dad before him. And he's uh, formed by this trauma. And it takes all that, all those ideas, everything that we've known about Boba Fett and asks us, well, how do all of these things make him who he is? And can he change? Can he change from the way that he's lived in in our cultural mind? And I think this this episode is a is a big answer to those questions, right? It mm-hmm. it shows us who Fett is at this point that he that he is a man who wants and honors family and connection and sees mm-hmm. family and connection as strength. He is a man of honor and patience, uh, but he is still a, a traumatized uh, kid that has had violence be a huge part of his life. <laughs> And he will offer mercy, he will offer peace, but if it's rejected, he will absolutely slaughter and kill. And I, I think uh, that was kind of some of those questions when we met him in this new Boba Fett in season two of Mando. I was like, wow, he's he's talking about honor, but then he's just taking it to those stormtroopers and seems to be enjoying it. <laughs> and for me, a little bit, I'll get into kind of, for me, how I feel like the episode reflected it, but I feel like there's a little bit of like, yeah, some some things aren't going to change. Well, a ton can change, but he has this rage that's mm-hmm. born of trauma and he can control it, but a part of that rage born of trauma will always be with him. Yeah. 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 And and how do you uh carry that with yeah, there's some things that are just, you know, you know, I'll wake up in battle depression every day, right? So like it's always you gotta how do you deal with that? How do you work with it? And uh I, I love that about that. It, it's just also been very clear. Like, I don't know, I, you gotta be thinking about something, Joseph. Like when he shows back up, these are the questions we had. You know, oh, it's Boba Fett, the guy in the mask, someone who I was like, Yeah, cool design. I over the years didn't connect with him as much. Boba Fett, not one of my favorite characters. I said that time and time and time again. And he shows up and there's just a clear distinction to do something different with him. Just, mm-hmm. We are setting this aside, we are doing something different with this character. Um, and I've just been, uh, love, I just have loved watching that as it relates to my own life and, and hopefully relates to a lot of your lives out there too. Just, uh, and the Cad Bane stuff and what Cad Bane represents, uh, yeah. was pretty powerful uh, for that, uh, that overall theme there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. An, an inability to change is definitely going on. Yeah. I, I feel like with, uh, Boba Fett, um, we dealt with his past, we dealt with his trauma, but we also, for me, I, I in every episode, including this one, like I still heard and felt the uh, that deadpan, threatening, no BS, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, killer, uh, awesome badass that I met in Empire Strikes Back. Right? I mean, some of my favorite comedy lines are just him being like, "Yeah, no bullshit," <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like that Boba Fett was still there. Um, I want to talk about this this big theme that you touched on so well. I really think it is. There's a lot going on, but for me, it is the heart of the show. It is the heart of this uh, final chapter. And you could phrase it lots of way. You could talk about uh, uh, found family versus just looking out for yourself. Uh, the idea of being stronger together. The idea of uh, communities, symbiont circles, but just stronger together. Family, right? Um, Boba Fett was set on this journey that we see in this show by experiencing family and honor with the Tuscans, right? He's always been kind of, he's had these identifiers of who he might be, but he's never really been a part of a family. Tuscans make him a part of a family. He has that epiphany. He says it explicitly to Fennec that it's not weakness, that a, a tribe is, is strength, right? So then we catch up with this episode and there's just constant 
reinforcement that he has followed the right path, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, There, the action is that this new family that he's built is almost taken from him, right? Uh, The Gamorreans are very sadly lost. A couple of uh, the the mods die. Uh, But in general, his big, uh, his daring question, the thing that in the early episodes, Fennec goes, "Eh, you shouldn't trust anybody. You know, sparing the Gamorreans is a mistake. You know, we, I think we, I even felt like maybe Chris Santon will be a mistake. (laughs) So he got me to doubt a little bit, but this whole episode is about the coalition, the vision of, family uh community is stronger absolutely holds and it just it's demonstrated again and again right um mm-hmm. when fennec uh stops by from her main mission to save the mods and they got that moment of connection of Drash saying thank you and fennec saying manners i like it right uh that image of we'll get into their big conversation about honor but just the fighting image when Boba and Din first go out there and they take turns getting knocked down and protecting one another under mm-hmm. a barrage of fire. It's just like yeah, yeah. this great image of this idea, like uh, going back to Sesame street, uh, uh, roots for me, the city folk and the country folk work together, right. Yes. Uh, it, yes. And call attention to it of where'd all these sand screwers come from. We were here to save the tales of some city rats. And then that even builds to uh, Drash and, and Joe from Freetown, you know, working together to snipe at that last stand. Uh, not leaving Chrysanthemum behind multiple times. Right. Uh, this this episode's subtitle could be, Everybody Goes Back for Santo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, and then I, I think a, another big one is you, that Boba's bond with the Rancor saves everyone. And that reinforces a lot of ideas that have been built up. The way uh, that the Rancor Keeper tells him, you know, it's possible, but you have to, work at it and this great connection where i think boba sees himself in the rancor of they are good at fighting they have the potential for rage but that's not all they are and all of this togetherness is in great contrast to you know uh, cad bane's argument of you know here's my final lesson look out for yourself anything else is weakness it's so very clearly uh the idea of the group is stronger versus uh yeah just look out for yourself. Everybody will stab you in the back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What is strength? I wrote that down. Like what is strength and star Wars being in, and everyone listening, you can take out a pen and paper and make a note. I, this, this is great insight. Star Wars is a morality tale. Just write it down. You might never heard that before. Um, <laughs> and it needs to keep coming back to that. That's why it's these, these emotional canon connections we often talk about. Sometimes they're just related to characters and their journeys and their choices. But you know, there's there's strains of Rise of Skywalker here. There's strains of Solo. There's strains of uh, Ewoks uh, being great value to the Rebels when no one else would have seen that. Uh, but Leia handing the cookie to Wicket uh, helps save the galaxy. Like Han may bow into the Gungans. How Padme bowing to the Gungans. Absolutely. Uh, maybe we should start being friends. Like it, <laughs> it, it needs to keep coming up. And and that, I guess also at this point, I'm, I'm here for the cool. There's so much cool action, so much Star Wars geekery in here, here that I love. But I, I think I'm at the point where I just, every every time I come to Star Wars, the, the table, this is what I want to pull from it. And, and it's not just about uh, 12-year-olds. Uh, I can tell you, I'm not 12. I'm still learning. And it's still good to see it play out this way. And you talk about, again, what is strength? And I just wrote down strength comes from change, which doesn't necessarily mean, again, leaving who you are behind, but uh, finding out what you want to be and what you want to become, compassion, empathy, connection, helping everyone. There's so many times during the a- action here where little things are done, even Tanty, as we now know his name, yeah, proprietor, gives up his cycler. 
to help uh, uh, Drash and, and her uh, co uh, co mission there with Joe. There's all little things like that. Uh, Mando, uh, you know, sacrifice. Uh, and it's not so much about the sacrifice of the Gamorrean guards there. Rest in peace again, my brothers. But this um, the giving up of your own desires, a little bit of that attachment thing comes into play too for me of, of why you're doing this. And even when Fed is, uh, you know, ready to take Cad Bane early and Fennec's like, not now, because uh, this is, this is about you. This is not about us, essentially. Mm. All that builds into this idea of what is strength. It's that kind of stuff. Yes. It's also physical strength. Santi, Santo, Santi, Chrysan, um, I've named my horse in Red Dead Redemption after him now too, by the way, Chrysan. Um, without a doubt, the strongest and the toughest of the lot, right? But needs the most help in this episode. Needs the most help in this episode. Um, I was really moved by that over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that line from Boba Fett about, yeah, I owe you a big, long soak in my back to tank. <laughs> it was great. So great. It was great. It was great. And as far as I forget, like, there's an the exchange later on. We're going to probably dive into more Cad Bane stuff. When Fett says, that may be, but I have armor. Bane mm. says, let's find out. You and I had that long discussion about armor last week, which is the stand-in for connection, protection, safety, strength, family, all those kind of things. I loved when Boba Fett said that. Yeah, you made it fascinate, but I have armor. That No, that was the, the main thing that I wanted to bring up in uh, under this idea of family, is I, especially when I watched it the second time, you know, when Cad's like, I'm faster. You know, he's just like, that. that's everything to, to Cad Bane. It's got him mm-hmm. through his whole life. He's faster. You know, you can move faster when you're alone. And Boba's that may be, but I have armor is literal. But it is it, to me. It just it resonated as armor equals family. Of like, I have built up this entire family around me, and that is a kind of armor uh, that Cad Bane doesn't have. You know, even like I have armor in that I have a reason to fight. This isn't just a job for me. Yes, yes. this is a choice I made. Uh, to your point, uh, mm-hmm. that there's a reason that he's fighting, and that's a kind of armor. And I do, I, I do love that. Um, Nobody else actually is in a place to show up to save Fett. They absolutely would have if they weren't dealing with their own problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is the symbol of family uh, with that gaffy stick, right? Uh, yeah. And that symbol of working toward what you truly want uh, for yourself and, and being a part of something larger uh, is what uh, defeats Cad. I think it's also a symbol of change. <laughs> you yeah. know, if Cad Bane knows how to uh, how to counteract every bit of weaponry in Boba Fett's armor, right? Because he's seen it a million times. But there's almost this sense that, like, the gaffy stick is a little something different. Uh, 100%. It represents uh, so much. And, and I know the Tuscan journey was very powerful and also elicited very powerful emotions. And mm-hmm. we know that. We discussed that. So don't mean to boil it down to one quick little plot point, right? But I don't think it was a quick plot point it was it was big it was important not unlike you and i've analyzed uh thrawn and ezra's final moments in rebels and and it's like ezra defeats thrawn with like the one thing he can't see in his sherlock holmes mind right uh i i i, th- I took that, a lot of that from cad bane i really emotionally kind of connected uh those two moments of of um fett only has that weapon because of who he has uh, uh become uh through great change and growth he doesn't have yeah. if, if he doesn't go through that if, if he never goes in the silent pit he might die that day I might die in front of Cad Bane, but he doesn't because he has that weapon, something he's earned uh, through his journey. Yeah, no, totally, totally agree. Um, two other quick thoughts about family. Um, 
I think, you know, Grogu returning to Din is not just a subplot that has nothing to do with with uh, the themes, right? Because this is about the two of them choosing family. And even all the time that we have spent uh, with weird uh, Auntie Pelimoto, (laughs) (laughs) you know, every moment that she spent joking with uh, with Din and and Mm -hmm. and taking care of Grogu, they're like this weird little family unit uh, uh, by the time that we're in this episode. Um, so I feel like they really support the theme. They're not off on their own, having their own adventure, you know? Yeah, no, I, oh, absolutely. Love love that, love that. Yeah. Like, could we add the major, maybe the major Domo marries into that family, the way it's going. <laughs> it, it seems like he is angling to be a stepdad to the pit droids. <laughs> that's great. That's there's great. some energy going on there and there's some framing of shots that's going on there of like a uh, weird, like, uh, scary space Norman Rockwell framing of, uh, of Pelly and major Domo going on there. Love it. Uh, final thing on on this idea of family, I'm sure it will come up again, but there's that joke at the end, which is a really fun joke about uh, Boba Fett, now that he's won, kind of getting to be a grumpy old man and going, are these, uh, these my two choices, bowing or shooting? <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's a funny joke, but it does feel like that's a joke that's for sort of, for me, captures a lot of the choices that Fett has made throughout of like, yeah, no, he'll he'll shoot when there's no other option and he has to or he feels it's, you know, you you are danger. Uh, yeah. But is he's encountering uh, the Gamorreans, the mods, Chris everybody that he's built this alliance with, his choice has been bowing or shooting and he's shown them respect. He's bowed, you know. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Love that. Uh, yeah. Can't wait to talk just the, the just the end beat there. Too, I don't know. I really love that. It was a big Star Wars moment for me as well. Yo, yeah, with with, uh, with uh, Fett and family uh, at yeah, the end. Fett and family end, but even that that line of of you know uh, uh, who else but us is um, is a big giant uh, spirit of the rebellion moment. It's the citizens fleet. It's uh, Tally Lintra leaving Pip Pip Three to go join a cause that maybe she doesn't even need to, but feels she has to. It's Rose and Paige. Uh, knowing that they have no other choice than this. Like, I, I really, you know, and, and, and this idea of what is a hero and, da, 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 and it's like, uh, I love, I, I just really love that line of wrapping this all up of like, we're not suited for this, but you never are. It's not, <laughs> if not us, who? Like, we're here. You're suited for it because you're here. Um, uh, I just was really moved by that too as well. No, I absolutely agree. I mean, I think it even, uh, I, de- I definitely think of like Rose uh, telling Finn how Paige told her like, now uh, Finn, that's, he he didn't have to help, but he did. That's a hero, you know? Um, but it even relates to me of like uh, Luke Skywalker going, oh, it's all so far away from here. And Obi-Wan Kenobi saying, that's your uncle talking, right? Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. It's this choice to, to get involved and to uh, respond to the reality that you find yourself in. Um, but I also really love it. It's one of the beats that I wanted to talk about as we really dig into uh, the ideas of change. It's a real moment of change, right? Because mm-hmm. Boba Fett has done all this. He's worked so hard for this. He was willing to sacrifice his life if he had to. And now he kind of gets to be this grumpy, grumpy yeah. guy going, oh, boy, uh, uh, I, I won the thing. Now what? And, mm-hmm. and it's funny because it's kind of true of like, OK, well, I used all these skills, uh, but now I'm, I'm just kind of. You know, he's not technically the mayor, I don't think. He's the yeah. still the daimyo. But he's like, yeah, I'm walking around in, in armor with knee rockets. And I'm bowing and being handed melons. That's not really my bag. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, so it's totally understandable for him to say we're not suited for this. 
And it's a massive change for Fennec. Don't trust anyone. Should I kill them now? Shand. Yeah. (laughs) To be the one who says, if not us, then who? I love that line Mm. uh, for all the reasons that we're talking about, uh, about, you know, uh, making a difference where you are uh, in, in, in standing up. But I love it for being a moment of true change for Fennec Shand, who is kind of along on the ride because she made a connection with Boba Fett and respected him. He got into her head that maybe there is another way than just looking out for yourself. But here at the end of this adventure, she's convinced and she wasn't at the beginning. Yeah. Including being the one to pull him back. Right. Before mm-hmm. she have been like, yeah, let's get him. Let's get him. Kill, kill, kill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a, a great thing uh, with them. And I know, I know there's probably even more to explore with uh, her and him and that character. And, and hopefully we do get that chance. I, I totally uh, would be on board for the book of Fennec Shan. Um, but I think she was a, a, a powerful, important influence and uh, it paid off there for me too. Yeah, I agree with you. Growth point. Yeah, absolutely. Huge, huge moment of change. So let's talk about some other beats uh, of change. I think you and I are both on the same page that uh, Cad Bane really represents uh, the Boba Fett who never changed, right? That mm-hmm. um, being alone is stronger, being the best is great. Uh, a really cynical worldview of everyone is out uh, to shoot you. So the only way to live is to be able to shoot them faster, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Cad can't imagine uh, changing. Can't imagine Boba Fett. He bets on Boba Fett's inability to change right mm-hmm. um the way i had kind of thought that cad bane was going to have been involved in the uh slaughter of the tuscans being paid by the pikes um but i love this version of it where he doesn't know about it and he sees it as a weakness right mm-hmm. that i can go taunt him with it right mm-hmm. uh because he's not gonna be able to change he's gonna make stupid mistakes because he cared about those people and caring about people is a weakness. I thought that was so great. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a good, uh, I guess I don't want to say twist. We just didn't know. We were all kind of guessing maybe Cad Bane would be the one. But I love that. I love the reveal of the Pikes just being like, yeah, it was. Uh, we had to protect our margin. So we like wiped out these folks. Like, yeah, good business decision, right? Uh, but yeah, no, absolutely. The, the look on, on uh, Cad Bane's face. I love the design of this Cad Bane. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the like snarling like oh yeah 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 there's there's a little crack of that armor that boba fett's so uh proud of let me go use that against him yeah uh, i absolutely love that and, and how and for me the, the the death of of cad bane and, and the method and the and the manner and the pain and uh, the combination of pain relief anger violence everything that was on boba fett's face after the kill mm-hmm. um was realistic to me. Uh, it is, uh, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, you've killed the six fingered man and now what are you going to do with your life? But also just like, I, I saw it as a, a real slaying of the dragons. You talk about cynicism, realism. There's, there's a fine balance. I'm kind of a realist, uh, who dives into cynicism as a sport. <laughs> um, it can destroy you. And, and that he doesn't have Cad Bane is not coming along uh, and saying, hey, don't be like me. Uh, one of my favorite characters is in Game of Thrones is the Hound, who has a very, knows the lay of the land, and at the end of the day is the one who tells Arya, don't be like me. This is mm-hmm. not what you want to do. You want to get out. I'm, I'm pushing you out of this life. This is horrible. Um, all this realism uh, just kept me trapped in this kind of cycle, and I think a lot of, the, a lot of this episode is about breaking some, and season is break, breaking some of the cycles. So I love the, the death of, of, of clearing some of that um, cynicism from his life, if you will. Um, uh, and, and, and it worked for me as an end to Cad Bane, an end to the feud, 
Uh, and I'd love to see, I'd love to see the deleted Clone Wars stuff put in Bad Batch still, but um, uh, it just, it meant a lot for, for this journey of Boba Fett to put to rest someone who's always there going, you made the wrong move. You should have stayed who you are. Yeah. It's sort of uh, a, a mentor figure who like, that's what, you know, obviously Boba wanted to follow in his father, Jango's footsteps, but Cad Bane was his vision of what he could be the best of the best, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unstoppable, unheardable, unfazable, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I think there's so much uh, great stuff in there, uh, and it's laced throughout all this great, you know, space uh, space spaghetti western and very Star Wars lines, unflinchingly weird, pulpy Star Wars lines. Like, I, I love that exchange where Boba says, you know, calls Cad Bane a gutless murderer, <laughs> and super cool Cad Bane says, if that's not the quack to calling the stiffling slimy. <laughs> It's it's so great, it's so uh, ridiculously over the top in, in a way that I mean is a huge compliment. Yeah. Um, but it is just saying, like, we are the same. You know, mm-hmm. I don't even believe this. And, you know, the fact that with the help of his friends that resist the vengeance bait, is this a real test to his ability to change? And in particular, of everything that Fennec says to Boba Fett, I love that she says, we need to adjust. Yes, you pointed yes. out that that it's a it's a Boba Fett. This is about you. If you take the easy vengeance bait and try to kill him now, it's about you. But I love the word adjust because this is about change, right? And he, it's it, Fennec who's always been like, "Yeah, I know what to do. Shoot him." And this is Fennec saying, "No, that this is we want to control the way this happens. We need to change our plan. We need to adjust. It's about change, right?" Yeah, and she follows it up with like, "You'll get your chance. Like, don't worry, we'll, you'll get your chance." But uh, this this would be about you right now. It's it's Ahsoka asking uh, Din, "Why, why you want to do this?" Why yeah, you- yeah, and and I love that that once they once Cad goes through this exercise and, and doesn't bait uh, Boba Fett, it's like he's got to take off his cool hat and scratch his head and go, well, "What's the deal then?" Right? <laughs> because well, it's so unbelievable to him that Fett can change. So then the next confrontation we we see, Cad Bane just says it right. One thing I can't figure out: what's your angle? From a cool angle, um, <laughs> a cool shot angle. Shot so angle. like, he, he, Cad Bane is so desperate to make sense of it. It's not just two philosophies that disagree. It is Cad struggling to make sense of it you know he says you yeah. gave it a shot you tried to go straight i guess i get that sometimes people go straight because i can't take it anymore yeah. uh yeah. but you've got your father's blood pumping through your veins you're a killer like cad bane can't imagine a world where boba fett has actually gone through the change that he has yeah 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 uh yeah i had i had a friend say to me one time he's like i you know you've you've changed man i i just don't know what to do with that <laughs> <laughs> great that's uh that's not on me man <laughs> yeah take your toothpick out and uh grab your duster and then get on out the, down the road yeah uh love yeah i love what you're saying i like yeah i love the the two the two matchups um and even going to last week with with cad bang going oh yeah yeah uh, let me tell you cod Vanth, here's who boba fett really is uh, yeah love that they just get there keep just driving it home like it's just it's there in lights right the, all the stuff in cad bang is 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 up on the marquee yeah, and sometimes when a character like Cad Bane dies, you know, there is a, a moment um, like the Hound. The Hound goes through lots of changes, but there's sometimes that moment of like, I lived my whole life like this and I couldn't stop it, but maybe you can. Like sometimes there's that moment of like, well, that's it for me, but maybe there's hope for the future. <laughs> there's none of that with Cad Bane. Like uh, Cad Bane, like 
he he turns being killed with a gaffy stick into I was right. <laughs> uh, I I won the rhetorical point. Yep, you're <laughs> yeah. a killer. <laughs> yeah, even in death, even in death, point me. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, well, I might be dead, but you, but I won the debate. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cad Bane is clout chasing for debate points right there. You may have killed me, <laughs> but I was right. Yeah, but I do think that so that's the Cad Bane on changing perspective. But I do think it's really interesting when we're trying to answer this question of who is fat, and it's kind of almost a, a similar question that that was raised in that great Mandalorian season two episode where he's all about honor and I'll stay with you and I'll help you get your child back and mm-hmm. I'll stay with you, Mando, until it's done. But these stormtroopers, uh, I'm gonna smash their skulls <laughs> with great anger and glee. Like, how does that that work, right? Yeah. Um, and I feel like. Uh, uh, on one hand, Boba Fett has this this victory of the everything we're talking about with the gaffy stick that it, it represents family, it represents change. Um, killing Bane, I think, is sort of symbolically killing his old ways, killing yeah. a, a vision of of who who he would be if he was even older and he never changed. But it is it is just murder, right? It's not like a Jedi going, mm-hmm. um, oh well. well uh, yes, I defeated you and that's good enough and now you're going in chains. There's never any sense of like, I'll give Cad Bane another chance, right? Like like Boba mm-hmm. Fett has given everybody else change. I think for me it is that, this is where I go to, he, he has changed a lot, but there is still that rage born of his trauma. I think mm-hmm. every time he has got those wild, furious fighting eyes, he has seen his father's head get cut off mm-hmm. and he is lashing out. And what I really love, Ken, uh, go with me here on this yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a second. He kills Bane. He defeats Bane. Some symbols of of his change within that. But he kills him. And he, was, he got that great weird phasing shot of him just kind of sitting and simmering in that rage. And then he just kind of turns around and walks away from it for now. Mm-hmm. But then we immediately transition to the Rancor, who has been sort of philosophically connected to Fett as both being powerful fighters beings capable of rage beings pushed to rage by other people because that's what's expected of them and the rancor has not only been fighting but driven to this rage by cad bane just shooting it in the face with flames so we transition from boba fett's moment of of rage into the rancor rampaging as a result of you know trauma and violence and then we go from that to this great hero moment of Grogu not raising his little hand and pulling the rancor's heart out of its throat, (laughs) but benefiting from the change that Grogu has gone through Mm. benefiting from the, this, this vision of balance and peace that Luke showed him in the previous episode, I think, and soothing that rage. And I feel like kind of through the force, you know, it, it can be as simple as like, Hey, he was, he was using the force to put him to sleep. But like on a thematic level, on an emotional yep. level, the impact to me is, yeah, the trauma breeds rage, but that doesn't need to be the end of the story. That doesn't need to be the end of the cycle uh, if somebody else reaches out and helps you calm from that rage. It, it doesn't have to define you. Yeah, it's a good bookend to uh, the, um, uh, you know, a, a chapter two, right, um, where he, uh, with the mud horn. Uh, it's yeah, a, it's a growth point for that, but I I, I think it's a little bit of the uh, one frog and a frog community. 
it's, it's uh, all of that. And yeah, it could just be, uh, you know, you could look at it just a uh, go to sleep force power. You press X and R1 and, and you, you win the boss fight. Um, but no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, um, an answer to that rage, uh, even, uh, you know, you see, I guess we were, we were, um, upset in a good way. We were really engaged with the story, but when everyone's shooting the rancor, it's like, no, no, no. And then there's Din going, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, and, it, it, and I, uh, wasn't, I, you know, again, mean this in a good way, wasn't surprised when it was Grogu, right? It's just, it's just building towards that. Uh, the big and the, the big versus the small, the small versus the big, but, but, um, it's great peace in that moment. I, I, you asked me to go with you. I will go with you with that connection um, <laughs> from uh, 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 being faced with, uh, you know, your, your violence being challenged and pushed uh, by, uh, by rage with Cad Bane. And, and then uh, here you got uh, uh, the solution to it. Just uh, with, uh, a nice little three finger uh, magic hand thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I think the way it was done, it was so much about Grogu's, growth from you know frogs are dinner to oh frogs are sometimes sentient beings yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know but also just like there's that great part in the previous chapter where grogu's struggling and, and luke just brings him up to the those reeds and and looks out over like the calm peaceful world and talks about and like there's balance and, and you'll feel it you know i think luke feels that and i think you he wants to try to impart that we'll talk in in many other episodes about whether luke's choices were good bad or otherwise yeah. but i just kind of felt like yeah for the limited time he was with luke he he did find some level of peace and it is it is obviously a resolution to a conflict but the fact that grogu then goes up to this creature that just tried to eat his dad yeah <laughs> Yeah. And doesn't lash out. It's like, I know where you're at. I, I've, hey, I, I've been there. I've thrown some tantrums too, uh, Mr. Rancor. Uh, pets the face. And then, yeah, in, in one of the best moments of the episode, cuddles up for a great uh, post-force use nap. And it's not, he doesn't just fall where he, he's, uh, he, he stands. He takes that effort to walk over there and cuddle. It's so emotionally about the opposite of rage. Uh, yeah, yeah. First of all, you said the best, one of the best shots in the episode. One of the best shots in Star Wars, completely. <laughs> I <laughs> sit corrected. <laughs> that was, uh, and I'm calling him until I'm d told otherwise, Ranky the Rancor. Uh, <laughs> to nestle up against Ranky. Uh, it just was just beautiful on so many levels. Uh, tears were flowing in our house of just the cuteness overload. But I, I, I love you attaching it to the balance. And Yes, there's so much more. We're gonna have a lot of fun diving into to Luke stuff. I, I I take it as fun. I know there's been some debate online too, and and attachment and Jedi and Jedi are horrible. This and that I you know, get it, but I, I just like I still take it as fun of like why is Luke saying that at that moment? What does that mean for Luke? What does it mean for Grogu? The Reed moment is is a beautiful moment with beautiful music cues and beautiful. Just you'll find that balance. So again, you asked me to go with you. I, I, I'll take you. I'll take you on that journey. I'll go. With you. I'll hold your bags on that journey. <laughs> well, thank you. I have one other thought on change that I want to see if you will uh, go with me on as well. When we were talking about this show, uh, when it was just trailers and our imagination, mm. you and I talked a lot about like, oh, well, this is going to be a crime show. This is going to be like Boba Fett in The Godfather. Uh, I, I thought I was maybe being wild to go like, this reminds me of The Wire because there's so much in The Wire where different people on different uh, sides representing different factions are like, wait, this is all uh, cyclical and destructive. Can we change the system? And everybody going, nope, no, no, no. System change makes us uncomfortable. And wondering, are they going to go there with Boba Fett? And I feel like it was a light touch, but it definitely did come across this final episode. There's a huge thing of change about 
the spice trade, right? Yeah. Where, uh, you know, Fennec is like, I'm not sure if we need to be making this de- these deals about no no spice trading. Like, yeah, we got to get the pikes out of here. But, you know, there's a lot of credits to be made from that orange powder, she says. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, uh, PSA Boba Fett says, <laughs> in the long run, it is better uh, for us as well. Most Espa can become a prosperous city under our protection. Spice is killing our people. So to me, it is this real uh, uh, willingness and battle to change the system, right? For yeah. Boba Fett to go, ah, yeah, I don't know if I want to be a crime lord because, hey, if I just, if I truly offer protection and, you know, citizens give me, you know, basically pay me taxes, <laughs> mm-hmm. do I need to, you know, do I need to be a crime lord or do I, or can I just be a leader who says like, hey, if all these people are uh, alive and thriving and not, you know, making bad choices because they're on a drug, robbing each other because they're on a drug, uh, on house because they're on drugs, that maybe that would be a, a prosperous, a better uh, situation for all of us. I understand there's a ton uh, of of strong feelings about this, of Boba Fett, the badass bounty hunter, is is doing an anti-drug PSA. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I know there's some very strong opinions about it, and and I'm I'd be happy to engage with that at some point. But for me, in the big picture of change, it's not just personal. It's not just this community. It's this willingness to change the system and rework it so it's not about, hey, yeah, spices kind of makes a mess of our society, but it makes us money. So screw it. Who cares? It's mm. it, There's not the cynicism of it's going to happen. So someone has to do it. Who cares if it's me? Which I thought might be Boba Fett's approach. Mm-hmm. But instead, it is... No, actually, I'm going to extend this idea if of um, we are stronger together to change this system of as it relates to spice. Yeah, I I, I put this uh, kind of get in my discussion of how, how the themes reflect the larger story morality of Star Wars that we always love mm-hmm. to discuss. I wrote down just of breaking the cycles, Star Wars redemption stories of 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 just tattooing itself. How many times have we heard, especially once we got to Freetown, which by the way it's called Freetown. I love those beats um, of of Tatooine's seen enough. This planet's seen enough. Go back to uh, Fixer and Cammy. This ain't right. Um, we see the the uh, the effects mm. of the cycle, right? And, and, and yeah, and and uh, for Cad, uh, not Cad, for for Boba Fett to be, we talked about the importance of him having his feet on the ground, and and even is them saying it very explicitly, like don't go run to your castle. Mm-hmm. city and and uh, i i yeah I, i'm with you on that and it's so so this whole thing of um uh yeah it wasn't just an after school special moment uh it, it, i saw it as breaking the cycle breaking cycles yeah. of, of 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 pain violence and uh you know desolation there yeah i i think that's great um i think for me the last uh big theme in this episode i want to talk about is is honor are are you uh are yeah. you uh Willing to get into honor? I'm an honor guy. Yeah, I'm an honor guy. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Loved it. And again, from the title on on down to people showing their lack of honor, the mayor and the gotras, uh, a lot of those and others, uh, you know, just uh, again, I explicitly stated is the big phrase for this episode because so many times it just was like, here's what we're dealing with. I got honor. I'm sticking around even if we die together. Yep. Yep. I mean, and that was the thing for me is there's a, a kind of this juicy conversation between Fett and Din, but so much of about was Boba Fett just doing like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I said I was going to, I promised to protect Tatooine and Mos Espa in particular. So I'm willing to die. You know, he tells Din he can't go. He says, I can't abandon Mos Espa. These people are counting on me. Um, mm-hmm. 
I love that he told the people he was strong. This uh, this chapter bookends so well with the first one. It's like, I'm going to walk out there on my feet, like you said, and I'm going to show these people that I'm strong. Uh, I got attacked because I, I don't have my feet under me yet, and they had to see me run away. And that gets called back with that great uh, jerk line from Cad Bane about now is about the time you jet off to your back to tank. <laughs> And in Fett's uh, reply is, this is my city, right? That's yeah. so about honor. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I really want to hear your thoughts on this conversation between uh, Din and and Boba Fett. They're kind of coming at honor in different ways. Boba Fett has has made this pledge to protect Mos Espa, and he's not backing down. He kind of uh, thinks it's okay and offers it for, for Din to leave, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but Din's devotion to the creed keeps him there after multiple offers to leave. I'm with you until we fall. <laughs> and uh, Boba Fett's saying, you really buy into that Bantha fodder? I do. Good. Uh, what did you think of that exchange? I thought of looking from the perspective of Mando and what he's gone through and him using this is the way, uh, not just a fun callback, but I think that's changed for him now, right? And mm-hmm. and, and I'm, I'm still curious to see what he does with that when he goes forward. What, he, what, what does he do that when he meets up with the armor again? Um, I... I I think it, it speaks to personal con- uh, codes of honor, uh, personal codes of loyalty. I, I even sub, you know, put the, on the subject of creeds and beliefs. Um, <laughs> same with the, with Grogu and his choice. Uh, maybe we'll learn more about that specific moment. I would have loved uh, Luke to see Luke's face after that. Uh, digitized it all. Like, oh, oh, you ch- okay. He chose the chain mail. Okay, that's good. That's good, sir. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, can I get my tuition back? Um, but, <laughs> you know, um, uh, you know, I, 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 it's, it's this uh, end journey of, of uh, why I keep saying why we come to fight, uh, but just the choices you make uh, to, and, and where, you know, we, you and I keep talking about change, but sometimes it's knowing when to stand firm on something, but it might, might be a little different. And for Mando, it's a little different now. This is the way has new meaning to me. Yeah, I felt like this is the way it was a little bit different because he is still committed to the creed. I think his mission is going to be to try to go to those mines to to set things right. You know, he hasn't mm-hmm. broken uh, with the armor yet. Uh, she told him he wasn't a Mandalorian anymore, but he is uh, clearly keeping his own counsel on that, um, in- including considering Grogu in himself a clan of two. Um, that I feel like, but this is the way I had a feeling like, I, it's still my creed, but I'm going to interpret it uh, in, in the way that I believe, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And he, he and, and like he said, he, the, he, to the armor, he thinks the Mandalorian creed is, uh, what was it? Um, loyalty and protection. I, I'm yeah. paraphrasing, uh, from previous episodes. Uh, but it feels like that's what he is thinking about. And it's just one line, but for me, I was really happy. I, I kept wanting to get a little sense of how Boba Fett felt about the whole Mandalorian thing. Whatever Django Fett's life experience was with being a foundling and then becoming a bounty hunter, <laughs> he yeah. clearly didn't pass on any great reverence uh, for the creed <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to Boba Fett, even though they're in alignment about it. And Boba Fett's happy that the creed's working out because his, his buddy's going to stay there and have his back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that he really meant what he said when they met in, in the rescue. And uh, Boba mm-hmm. Fett asked him if he was Mandalorian. He's like, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't. I, I don't have any allegiance, right? That yeah. this is a personal thing. Yeah, yeah. Boba Fett's like, uh, I believe I just don't go to church. <laughs> I don't like other people telling me what to believe. I figured this out for myself. Yeah, I don't need to sing your songs. I'll do this myself. Yeah. Uh, I also just like it's almost a comedic, but great thematic thing. I loved the agreement between 
uh, Boba Fett in Din Djarin that the crime lord's totally dishonorable betrayal was strategically sound, right? <laughs> uh, when they say all three gotras turned on us, it was a smart move. It was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a funny beat, but for me, it, it shows that these, uh, the, that they're not having flights of fancy in their mm. change or in their uh, hewing to their creed. They're very aware that uh, honor in connection comes with sacrifice and they're choosing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I threw that word sacrifice too uh, before. Yeah, I think that's important. Uh, uh, note there. Yeah, and, and uh, I love it's, it's 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 my second Princess Bride reference of the day. But we are men of action. Lies do not become us. Yes, it was a very good move. I would have turned on me too. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's a fun comedy beat. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I lost my own train of thought there. But yeah, I agree with you on that one. Yeah, yeah. A lot of great stuff. Um, you already brought up some ways that you feel like this episode connects to larger uh, storytelling, morality, perspective of Star Wars. Is there any other thoughts there? Um, just, just again, just uh, again, the bi- the big picture of it all, and and I, I, the reason I put uh, breaking the cycle, Star Wars redemption stories. There's a lot of the Star Wars um, uh, redemption stories we deal with with Vader and and Kylo and and and, and beyond. Um, uh, ha- to me, have to do with um, breaking those patterns, those repeating cycles in our, in our own life. Um, and, and there's just these, you know, sometimes you can, um, sometimes we can get caught up and it's fun to get caught up in the details of, uh, you know, well, Vader killed a lot of people. He stood by with the Death Star. Kylo supported Starkiller Base. And, and there's this check mark of bad deeds they've done. But Star Wars understands that. But Star Wars is, is t- telling a bigger a bigger tale. Again, I don't know if you all heard this. It's, it's a morality tale. I, 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 I read it in a book somewhere. Um, I just love that. And so this episode just kind of had a lot of that big picture stuff of everyone there. That's what I mean. Like, like if you were to, I'm not saying they did it this way. I don't know John Favreau personally again. Um, but it's like, did you, did you write the final episode? Not the episode, but did you write the final beat of everyone's in town to defend Tatooine in theory. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's look at who, who's in town. We got this, this, the uh, croissant guy that's worked with, but feuded with, uh, with Boba Fett before uh, we've got the Gamorrean guards from the previous leadership we got city folk we got town folk we got youth we got age but older folks what brought them all here uh, uh and, and what changed in their life what is their own redemption tale to to get to this point to work to you know tanty being like that's a city folk problem to now being like the city is safe like <laughs> and, and saying his exact, exact line is like we we uh um mando says you didn't have to come here and and, and tanty says yes we did the planet this planet deserves better uh, it just all fa- it falls into that big Star Wars redemption category for me. Um, um, Vader had to do what he did. At that point, he felt that was the only choice. Uh, Kylo, uh, Ben, now now back uh, with Ray. I think that was part of his redemption story. And and I'm, it, that's general. I'm generally looking at uh, the big redemption stories in Star Wars, Joseph. But like I'm just in this episode, it just it just matched up with me. That was the big theme at play. I think so too. I think it's it's such a the main themes that we've been talking about of is change possible in, within that is redemption possible? Uh, can you get past um, the fear of connection and the fear of betrayal to take this great risk? Uh, almost this uh, this uh, you know daring uh, to hope, right? Uh, this yeah. the fear of of hope of making yourself vulnerable by taking that leap and going, yeah, should I trust that we could all work together and it would actually end up better? And it is just taking that huge leap with, uh, with all these characters making this choice to, to 
push through that fear and actually work together in a way that's going to be beneficial for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. There's also for me the, the defense, right? Um, we're going to talk so much about all the great action, but uh, a little bit of the thrill of the fighting all comes from like, we are defending our town, right? This isn't like a civil yeah. war <laughs> where, you know, one half of Mos Espa, this isn't turned against itself or Mos Espa versus Mos Eisley. This is so set up as uh, interlopers, right? Who want mm-hmm. to profit off of our pain and our resources. And we are, defending against them and you know there aren't any jedi here uh grogu's force powers aside uh mm-hmm. in training uh but boba fett tries to de-escalate this conflict again and again through this story right he just he mm-hmm. just wants to be fairly paid by the pikes you know and they escalate even with that great tablet bit of comedy it, it is sort of like one last chance of like leave <laughs> yeah 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 now, so for me defense is, is a big star wars uh, theme as well yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, that, uh, we keep talking about connections. There was one little, um, idea behind, um, Fett going to get Ranky the Rancor, uh, is this, to, you know, energy weapons, uh, kinetic weapons and, you know, the fire space, fire spray ships probably in, in the hangar there, but you know, you're going to maybe destroy half the city. Uh, mm-hmm. and, that, and yes, yes, I know Ranky goes on a video game rampage, but it would have been different. And, but it just, it's the thematic use of, Boba Fett goes to get something organic. He's made that connection with, uh, and it's just symbolizes uh, symbolizes the rest of uh, you know that concept of connection in Star Wars. And 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 you and I talk about or, you know organic organic versus mechanical is so big too. But even beyond that one for this one, it was just it was a connection that was made with something that he was uh, thought you know taught taught for years. You can't connect with a killer like a Rancor or, or Boba Fett. You just can't connect to them. They're 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 killers. And so I yeah. love that too. Yeah, for me, one of the huge ones is that organic versus mechanical. I love all the different ways that it can be expressed in Star Wars. And yeah, having a a beast that people think is uh, wild and, and, you know, doesn't have anything to it, but just mindless uh, violence in, in eating uh, to have Boba Fett have made a bond with it and then have this organic creature uh, having this kaiju battle with these mm. mecha droids, you know, uh, yeah. scorpionic droids is so great. And uh, yeah, I wrote down that line you're talking about. Our energy weapons can't get through and our kinetic weapons have too much velocity. I feel like they maybe invited George Lucas to write that line. That's such <laughs> a George Lucas line. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Last thing for me, um, Lucas has been explicit in interviews, uh, particularly uh, in the prequel era of making things about greed. If you listen to the word, the way the word greed pops up and when it does in the prequels, it, it's tied to the dark side uh, of, for Lucas and his criticisms of our, of our individual failings and our institutional failings. And I liked that that was uh, touched on uh, with, uh, you know, Pike and Bane being all about themselves of that great like yeah. Pike line of like, we have to protect our margins. Indeed you do. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just some classic uh, greed going on there. Yeah, yeah, and it and it and in a way, it uh, I don't know should upset you, right? It should upset you. Yeah, Pike, Pike saw it. Nothing is a business move. That, that's that's yep. wrong. It should be wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's just business. Yep. Um, so we always like to touch in on, on the chapter title. Uh, this one was in the name of honor. Uh, this was actually spoken dialogue. Uh, that with the line, okay, then we'll both die in the name of honor. They said the name of the episode in the episode, Ken. Um, what did you make of that title? Did you feel like it is just absolutely uh, directing us to 
this is the choice that that Boba and many of his friends are making to to have honor. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, other than I, I, I think it's one of my favorite titles of the series so far. Um, from Stranger, from the Desert Comes to Strangers, great too. I, uh, when you think of honor, right? Honor and glory. It's it's a statue on the hill. This person, we have great honor for this person, and it's it's a you know it's a wonderful word to chase. Uh, but often it comes with great sacrifice and sometimes great loss, and sometimes really needing to know you who you are. So when it actually pops up in the episode. And it comes from kind of this idea of like, all right, we're going to die in the name of honor. Yeah, we are. Like that, that to me was a statement on not true honor, but just a statement on, on the concept on, of, of it and, and um, kind of made me wrap my head around what that word means when I hear it. Yeah, I think that's uh, really well said. I think for me, it raised that question and really uh, put it under a spotlight of uh, almost everybody here could try to just leave, you know? Uh, but they're not leaving. They're defending the, this place, their home, in the name of honor. I thought it was mm-hmm. uh, really well done, and I didn't even mind that the characters straight up said it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Was there anything that you disliked or questioned in this episode? Um, overall, no. Like you said up top, I, it was a big, wild episode, and, and um, some of the action continued to go. And I, 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 you can take this a bad way or you can take it as just an okay thing. I, I, I had fun with it, right? Um, it was just, um, it, this episode, it was, it was a rock song, right? This was, this was a banger to close the show. Uh, I think it did its job. So I don't dislike any of it, uh, nor question it. I just, you, sometimes things pop up, you know, and it's hard for me to not see it or say it. Um, I still think you're watching a, a TV show and as a Star Wars fan, this is why I love that I have TV shows. I love that I have animated shows and books and comics and I can't wait to get back to a theater where I just feel I am completely surrounded by this, right? It's just a different experience. Yeah. Um, so this episode, as big as the action was, by the way, Ranky the Rancor looked beautiful. Everything about him, mm. some of the most beautiful stuff, I think even better than any technological uh, achievements with a certain Jedi. Um, and the Rancor, that was his actual voice I heard. They, they brought him in. Um <laughs> It looked wonderful, right? It just looked wonderful. But it's still, I'm still watching it on my couch in my living room. And as a Star Wars fan, it just made me appreciate this and can't wait to get back into the theater. Yeah, no, I mean, I felt like this was quite large for my television, but I understand what you're saying. I think even just watching this exactly to me, uh, as it was shot with the level of technology that it has, watching this in the theater where you can feel the rancors uh, roars in your sternum. Like I don't have that nice of a speaker set up. Right. And you're with other people and you're cheering. I do uh, miss that experience with star Wars and I, and I hope to have it again. Yeah. 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 I think the only thing for me is uh, something that I was like, mm, I'll wrestle with that a little bit on my first viewing. And then on my second viewing, <laughs> I just accepted it because it works. Um, the, the fact that the, the end beat of the, episode before the the little mid-credits uh scene is not on fet but on din and grogu you know i think that kind of ongoing debate about it's called the book of the boba fett should have the last actual beat ben boba fett uh i went to bed thinking "Eh, maybe that's something that i should that i'll question but watching it again in the flow of like like it or not these are intertwined tales mm-hmm. and thematically they're connected but it just works so well to pan up from boba fett standing safely in the middle of the streets that he protects 
with his family <laughs> with a borderline sitcom joke about a Wookiee and melons, <laughs> which uh, I say that as a compliment, yeah. panning up and seeing like, here's, here's Tatooine. Here's what they protected. Here's this planet that matters with these twin sons. And then going up into the stars, uh, that ju- that just worked for me. And if you had flipped it around, so you had the fun beat with Din and Grogu first and then ended on Fett, it, it wouldn't have had that same great flow. Yeah, no, it would have been a, a, a the the chorus before the verse, I think, there. Yeah. Mm, um, and, well said. Yeah, and you want to go singing on the way out. I, yeah, no, it's okay. I, I, I am. I, I will not engage anyone online, in person with the title, the title discourse. I, 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 I'm sorry to be grown. I just don't care. It's called yeah. Boba Fett, and it's connected to the Mandoverse. You either like it or you don't, and we'll shake hands, and we'll go to separate lobby, hotel lobby bars. I, I just don't care. Um, but be, but you're not wrong, right, Joseph, in the sense of, oh, hey, okay, we're going up. But it's just, I get the sense of we are we are now, that is uh, that story continues here in its own world. Maybe we'll, we'll talk about if we get more Book of Boba Fett 2 or whatever. And now we're, we're going back uh, to this to this side of the, the, the galaxy, and it is this not a shared universe, but it's just we're in this little corner of Star Wars, this little era of, of the Mandoverse, whatever you want to call it. And I just kind of like it wasn't like passing through, but it was like the story is now moving this way, just like we got that tag of for a while, you know, we got, hey, we got this big uh, this big moment. Luke just took Grogu and everything and got some credits. Have you have you got your breath? Good, good, good. Boom! We're gonna spend some time here with this character, and it's just it's just moving along, just moving along. The concert's going this direction now, and uh, I, I agree with you. Uh, it could stand out, but I, I liked it in the end. Plus, it was really funny. It was really it was sweet. Super funny, super sweet. Yeah, no, and I wanted to share that. Uh, you know, I don't just instantly love everything. I have to question things, and I think that for me, it really, really did work. And I think it was funny and sweet, but it also emphasized the connection of this whole show was about Boba Fett choosing family and other people changing and seeing that that was a valid thing to do. And Din and Grogu's part of this story was they were no longer just together out of circumstance or just until they could finish this quest. In the course of this show, Din and Grogu chose one another they chose family and that's the beat we're ending on yeah 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 all right well we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back to discuss uh some of the great canon stuff comedy and there was a little bit of action in this episode as well that we will talk about back in a moment hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian-developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And we are back to continue our discussion of Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 7, In the Name of Honor. Ken, let's talk In the Name of Canon. Uh, I feel like going through this episode, uh, there were a lot of fun little things, but a lot of those fun little things were building on, on stuff we've uh, already seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to go first to just, um, to me, one of the biggest sort of uh, lore connections and uh the connection uh, between the different styles and places of star wars storytelling i want to talk about cad bane and boba fett's shared history yeah in their their second showdown in particular uh when when cad's pushing boba and boba says don't toy with me i'm not a little boy any longer Mm -hmm. uh and uh, at, at one point in the, their conflict, when it looks like Cad has the upper hand, he says, this isn't the first time I beat you out on a job. Having watched uh, some of their their journey in Clone Wars, being aware of that uh, animatic of, of a possible conflict and showdown uh, between them, did you feel like that added uh, to you? Did you get any sense that it that it took away from your partner's enjoyment, not having that information? Where do you go with all this? No, and I um, I almost said, but pulled back from going, he gave Boba that dent. Like, <laughs> right? I didn't want to be uh, that person uh, in that moment, albeit in other times. Uh, yeah, no, I you highlighted the line I love the most uh, of Boba Fett going, I'm not a little boy anymore, because it, it made me just go, I've seen the Clone Wars! He, he, was, he was. Oh my God, it's great. No, I loved it. And I love it. And I keep saying, I, I, you know, Bad Batch and, you know, a lot of discussion on who shows up in Bad Batch or not. But um, I would love to see Cad Bane pop back up. I, I know he was there before, but like, I'd love to see him pop back in and that kind of have that resolution of, of that chapter of their lives of, of Boba getting mm-hmm. the and everything that we've seen from that unreleased animatic. It just would be fun and have more weight. Um, uh, now just because uh, I, I sometimes love to know where the journey ends and, and know where we are in that time and study where the characters are in that time. 
Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat as you of like, I really like that I'm not a little boy any longer because it is rewarding to me when like, well, that that's who he's who Boba Fett has been for 20 years. We knew him as a, a young traumatized boy. Then we got to see him in the uh, Clone Wars trying to become a, a fearsome yeah. uh, bounty hunter and getting manipulated uh, by cruel, heartless people like Aura Singh uh, being pointed towards a little bit of honor from, uh, you know, the legacy of his father by Hondo. Um, so there was that richness for me of not, I'm not a little boy any longer, of like, yes, here are the episodes where we can see him being a little boy. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But it's also like, I feel like it is also totally relevant to the journey that this show has taken us on. We've seen multiple flashbacks to his youth uh, uh, to missing his father, to that lack of uh, connection, to him bringing up in conversation, I grew up on an ocean planet. His, his, the vulnerability and the emotions and the desire for family that he had as a child have been a part of his journey. So mm. it did not at all feel to me like this is just an asterisk. Check out the Clone Wars. Uh, this felt about this show as well. Oh yeah, absolutely, very very much. I'm building on everything that's come before and everything we haven't seen before, but. Uh, love the history. Cad Bane being in this series uh, ended up being a big, big win for me. Not that I, this is again, Cad Bane's been one of my favorite characters for the while, uh, for a while. But I said last week, I would, now I feel like I have permission to love him even more because more <laughs> the Star Wars world has seen him. It's, it's just it's silliness, by the way. Uh, love what you want to love. If Joe Yaws is your favorite character, he's your favorite character. Um, he's done with it. But um, yeah, it, it was it was it was an important use. You and I always say Star Wars this, this idea of nostalgia or or hey they bring back characters that we're too familiar with. I, I get some of the overall discussions on that, but I, I want to know how you're going to use them. And, and this use of Cad Bane uh, scratched uh, scratched uh, that itch and checked all the marks for me. Yeah, and with that other line, the, the, this isn't the first time I beat you out on a job. Um, I'm still hoping to see. Uh, a version of that animatic of a conflict between uh, young Boba Fett and Cad Bane for a couple of reasons of, I, I love uh, the character of Boba Fett. Clone Wars was building to that moment where he gets the armor and he puts the armor on and kind mm -hmm. of becomes the Boba Fett that we know of the, uh, the Imperial era. Right. Um, so I would love to get that beat. I think it would be even richer uh, that, Cad Bane was involved in that. Uh, I like the motivation that Cad Bane didn't get a chance to prove he was better than Django, so he wants to yeah. <laughs> fight this child to prove he's better than the Fett blood. Um, and I think all of that, if, if they did a version of that in Bad Batch, it wouldn't feel to me like just random cameo time because Cad Bane has already appeared, because uh, it is about clones, and that is a part of, of Fett's legacy as well. I would love to see that. Are, are you still hoping for that? Um, almost to the point of predicting it, but big hope. Big hope. I, I just yeah. think it would work really well. And are you okay with the death of Cad Bane? It, it always, uh, I know some people were like so thrilled to see him last week, uh, but they're like, and that means he's probably going to die. <laughs> How do you feel about it? Uh, yes. Um, I, I feel uh, I said yes, just random said yes. No, um, I like it. I like it a lot, actually. The reason being, if you're going to end a character's story, uh, I'm always going to say, we went with the big discussion around Luke Skywalker, Last Jedi. Like, okay, if I wasn't happy with that version, let's analyze why. And maybe what else would I have wanted? And and with Luke, it was like, do I want him to get blown up in an X-Wing or chopped in two? No, I, I end up liking the, that version that they put out there, this piece and purpose. So with Cad Bane, I love this character. I don't want him to survive and retire and live off his winnings uh, with, like nothing ever <laughs> happened. Like He's got to pay for it here. He's a bad dude. He's 
bad dude. He's done some horrible things. Uh, and it's sometimes fun to, you know, I don't know, not root for the bad guys, but you get invested and they have cool dusters and, and you like them. Um, this is what I would have wanted at the hands of Boba Fett in a meaningful way. Uh, and, and, and how it represents an important part of, of Boba Fett's change and, and a chapter in his life. Yeah. Give it to me. I'm fine with this. I, I, you can go back and give me more, uh, Cad Bane during his prime. Yeah. It, I think that's the thing is that this has opened up this massive swath of Cad Bane storytelling where we don't know, uh, wh- where he's been. <laughs> you know, we yeah. saw him early in the Imperial era in Bad Batch. We don't know why he's not first on Vader's Rolodex and there's going to be some fun stories to be, uh, told with that, who he's involved with during the Imperial era, what he's up to. So there's plenty of Cad Bane storytelling to be done, maybe even room in some live action show. Why not? Uh, so I, I, I'm okay with him dying because in Star Wars, a character dying does not mean the stories are done. <laughs> yeah. No, no. So rest in peace, Cad Bane, killed uh, by a gaffy stick and his inability to change. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a couple little fun things. I loved the, you know, the line that all depends on how much uh, your two stomachs can bear. Uh, yeah. I get to hear about some Thorian uh, anatomy being made canon. Um, I like Pelimoto saying, officer, I filed for my new Republic certification seal just as you were landing. Great, great, <laughs> great humor, but continues to flesh out the idea that like, no, the, the new Republic's really trying to government up this, this joint. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a fun one that is like, I wonder if that's been around. I got to, I got to Google that. Uh, Pelly feeds Grogu dung worms. Uh, uh, so dung worms are from this, to me, very weird video game that I have great memories of playing. The Phantom Menace video game It's available a couple places. I played it on the PlayStation 1. Here's what Wikipedia says, Ken. It's mm. so much fun. Dungworms were edible animals on Tatooine. Qui-Gon Jinn discovered a Bith merchant selling them in Mos Espa, and the Jedi Master unfortunately acquired their stench during the encounter. This led to many snide comments, including that he was stinky and his being told that he needed to take a shower. (laughs) (laughs) This unearthed deep, deep memories of that happening to me in the video game. (laughs) Love it. And they taste great. Uh, they made Grogu do a little head bounce, that little mm, mm, mm. Mm-hmm. Good, great stuff. Uh, I also liked uh, seeing this is a little thing the uh, the Aqualish having the uh, DL 18 blasters, like what are in my mind the, the Return of the Jedi blasters, because so many of the uh, Jabba's uh, guards had them and right. they came with so many action figures. It's the blaster that Luke tries to uh, shoot Jabba in the face with. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Great. Um, the Lance Beater that. Um, is kitted out with a nice blaster uh, that the Freetown folk uh, bring into Mos Espa is a V-35 courier, which is the other land speeder in the Lars Homestead garage, the one that Luke doesn't take. <laughs> That's right. You know, I, it was uh, vaguely familiar. I had that moment of, I've seen you before. I know you. Yeah. And then the Scorponek Annihilator droid. I feel like if you just see them, you, obviously we spend a little time in the episode on their energy shields. They definitely f- feel like these are super droidica droids. Yeah. Uh, I looked up that they are based on concept art uh, from Attack the Clones. And they have only up to this point, uh, according to Wikipedia, appeared in Legends Era resource guides. So <laughs> this is really taken that Star Wars philosophy of uh, no design is going to go left unused and really bring it up to the big time. Oh, I love that. I love that. Hey, we need some menacing droids. So what do you got, uh, concept artist Doug Chegg? What do you got? Well, we had this thing laying around. I love that. Yeah. We need some mecha rancors to fight the rancor. Do you have any droids that could work for that? And it's 
totally what's going on there. Uh, you already pointed this out, but I wanted to be sure to to uh, celebrate the canon that we have the Weequay bartender's name, Taunty, right? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Uh, last kind of lore thing that I wanted to discuss is more moving forward rather than something from the past, uh, but Cobb Vanth lives, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that great uh, mid-credit scene where we see that uh, Cobb Vanth is in the Bakta tank. Uh, we heard that it was being used. We had a bit, uh, just a few moments to guess, well, who's in there? Um, and then we see that the mod doctor is ready to to do some work on old Cobb Vanth. Uh, how are you feeling about that mid credit scene? I, uh, it's so funny. I actually, uh, we were watching the scene, uh, and I missed who was in it. And, and, uh, I, I look and I, I'm seeing, you know, the doctor and, uh, um, Grace is like, Oh my gosh, see, I told you. And I'm like, who was in there? She's like, you didn't Timothy Oliphant. I was like, Oh, and then she then took, you know, as I rewound, she was like, finally, I know something more than you in Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, so on the rewatch, yeah, I, I was really in, intrigued by that. We're, we're going to get our hopes for any, any future storytelling around these characters. Uh, it wasn't one of those big like reveals. Uh, oh, it's Luke. He's having dinner. You know, it, it's a soak. It's Obi-Wan. Like, right. You know, there's all these things, <laughs> Obi-Wan trailer, all these things, which uh, timeline wise wouldn't work. But uh, it was it was simple and direct. If no, he's surviving. And uh, and we're going to play around with that some more. And I like that. Yeah, I I thought it was really great there. I loved the the uh, the comedy of Boba Fett's uh, right arm hurting <laughs> in that he tells Fennec that the, the back to tank is in use. And I assumed that that uh, meant that uh, Chris Hanton was getting his fur all over it. Right, uh, but right. I see Chris Hanton, so I was like, uh, "Is Max Rebo in there? Who's who's in the, <laughs> who's in the back to tank?" Uh, I love that setup, and just thrilled to see Cobb Vant in there. I I really had high hopes because uh, loved the character, mm. every appearance he's made, but super made me love him. Uh, in this last chapter, think it through. I've been saying to myself all week, Cobb Vance, great uh, catchphrase. Think it through. Um, so I was excited to see him alive. And like I said last week, when I watched the episode uh, with the subtitles, there's a lots of people yelling for med packs and stems. And so I, I was really hoping he was alive. And, and I kind of liked it as the last image for this whole big Boba Fett journey, because one of the lines from his appearance in the Mandalorian that I think has been kind of a catchphrase for this entire story is uh, sometimes fate steps in to rescue the wretched, right? Mm -hmm. And this is yet another moment of you are not going to be left alone to die on the sands of Tatooine. Yeah. Uh, the wretched are going to be rescued. Love it. Love it. Great use of the theme there. And uh, yeah. love that back to pot. Need one myself. I mean, we really do. Toys and, more <laughs> importantly, in reality. in reality. Let's move into the action. Uh, there's so many great action moments, action beats. Where did you go with some favorite moments? Yeah, uh, I guess kind of going almost in order, but uh, early on, um, uh, when uh, uh, Mayor, uh, the, the Major Domo, excuse me, is doing the old uh, distraction there. He doesn't know it's a distraction. By the way, in terms of canon lore, let's not forget the Exit 57 Strangers with Candy, uh, David Pasquese, uh, Amy Sedaris connection that we've <laughs> reunited there. Um, but we'll add a sketch comedy lore yeah, section we, we, to our discussion. I, I was uh, texting uh, a friend, like, we need Stephen Colbert. Like he's like in Paul uh, Danilio. Uh, to come in and complete the uh, mid '90s Comedy Central cult <laughs> sketch comic series universe <laughs> in Star Wars, I uh, love that. Um, Boba and Din jetpacking—I uh, called the Boba and Din jetpack attack. Uh, oh. Just a great video game moment, very much fun, and a kind of one of those. A little bit of the reason that you buy a ticket to get into this show. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was definitely uh, one of the many moments where I was uh, happy that my wife had encouraged me to make as much noise as I wanted. Yeah. Um, that was so great. Uh, a little bit earlier, this was a non-action moment, but I just loved it, so I wanted to highlight it. Uh, the classic Boba Fett pose where he's got his hand kind of in repose on his mm. blaster. I loved in that Cad Bane standoff that that's what shows he's going to break as he moves it to the full support position. Yeah. And when he when he triumphs and doesn't take the bait, that he moves it back into that classic, like, my hand's up here, but you know you're in trouble if it's down here. <laughs> yeah, no, we had a, a great uh, fan question uh, uh, this week about uh, Jason uh, uh, Whitgreen, right? Uh, um, and his uh, voice but also Don Frank's voice in the holiday special. And of course, uh, Jeremy Bullock, them kind of building a lot of the, 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 the movements and the sound of Boba Fett. And anytime there's a couple moments in all, in every episode where Tam is just walking like Boba mm-hmm. Fett. And I just say to myself, mm-hmm. he looks like Boba Fett. And it's like, well, of course, <laughs> of course he does. But just like, I, I love that small attention and important attention to detail. Important attention to detail. Absolutely. So I love that. Um, Early on when the uh, the Aqualish uh, are cornering um, the, the mods and Fennec shows up to rescue them, there's one Aqualish that is just like, let's do every Western trope at once. Gets shot out of a tower, does a big overdramatic flip out of the tower, hits an awning and water buckets. Classic, classic Western death fall. I, I loved it. I loved it. I, I even loved it. Then the fall kind of looks like one of those stunt dummies like i'm watching the <laughs> fall guy with lee majors in 83 and some music's playing you know from like, yeah roger moore dropped him out of a helicopter in the yes, 70s yes. kind of look yeah yes yes uh i actually really liked that because of that yeah that was great um i'm i'm really surprised at myself that i've gone this long without highlighting it but in that great uh boba and din stand that they make I was so hoping that we would see my beloved knee rockets again. <laughs> Not only did we see Bofet's knee rockets go off once, we saw them go off in this, uh, like, uh, I, that's that's like a yoga pose, a violent <laughs> yoga pose when he's got the knee up and the blaster out the other direction. Oh, <laughs> uh, telling you, I saw those, t- especially, especially the second one, and I just, I thought in my head, like, knee rockets in flight. A Boba Fett delight, like you had. I knew you were home on your couch, being so happy. Oh, I and I and I am too. But yeah, yeah. I just there's I I've I've gone on and on about them before, but I just love them. I love that that they're so scary. Of like this guy is loaded head to toe with weapons. He's even got rockets on his knees. It's so badass, but also like kind of over the top. It's perfect Star Wars to me. And it was such a cool moment. He's like, you don't want to be around when Boba Fett raises the knee. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I. I mean, uh, it's a freeze frame. Put that on a poster of just like arm out, yoga, yoga pose of death. Like you said, just uh, it was. It was amazing. It just was such like a. Ha-ha. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask my wife who does some yoga. Is like what? What pose is that closest to? Because I'll do that. I'll work on that yoga pose. Also, in that uh, Boba and Din uh, big stand that they make there, uh, there's that moment where there's a sniper uh, that they both shoot at the same time, and then they follow him down. <laughs> continuing to shoot him as he falls. And it's just a great moment of frustration of like, they're not winning, but they're going to take this guy out. (laughs) We're going to punish you. We're going to punish you. Punish you. Yeah. What are some other moments for you? Uh, Look, man, Chris Santon throwing and then (laughs) shooting a pike in midair. Come on. That's the best. That's the best. 
this is Robert Rodriguez really being like, I want to come up with cool things. I want to make this like fun over the top violence. It's so great. Yes. Yes. Uh, was this a Robert Rodriguez directed episode? Clearly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I liked uh, so much in, in the battle with the, the Scorpion X, but I liked uh, Din doing that like full Jedi in the Clone Wars move of getting, managing to get inside the bubble and, and, Hacking and stabbing at the droid with the dark saber. That was really cool to be like, uh, yeah, um, Din Jarn doesn't know anything about Star Wars, but he does not realize what a Jedi move he's doing. Yeah, like he didn't watch Clone Wars, right? No, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love that because you know I, I like the use of the shields. Like, and, and I love you know the, the dark saber comes out at the first moment. I'm like, oh, here we go. Oh no, he can't. He can't get through it. Um, so I like when they finally do it. It was a little, it was an earned moment for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, other moments for you. Uh, we got to talk about Mando jetpacking off the rickshaw to save Grogu as he flies through the air. So perhaps the most important oh. action. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. And where do you stand on what I think will be one of the most controversial moments of this episode? Uh, the Pelimoto uh, tooth spit. Well, oh, that was that was a, a, a we we're big fans in our house. <laughs> big fans. That got a big laugh from Grace and uh somehow fits for the character on many levels love that love that yeah just another sort of indignity for her to go geez come on (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh that that was a great moment uh the rancor stuff i just i just show so loved we'll we'll talk about it i think in in some of the shots but the the action just that it really was a a kaiju battle in the streets of Mm -hmm. tatooine and in with that great over-the-top tradition of you know monsters like godzilla fighting robot versions of themselves like the the scorpion x are not directly rank or uh robots but it's got that vibe and i think for me uh, i wanted to pick a couple rancor beats uh i loved when the rancor is really taking the the first one down and and boba gives a command of do it (laughs) (laughs) in the just rip in half it was so great because you know uh, you know, we didn't get the Rancor riding the Rancor training montage, which might make people some upset. For me, I was like, hey, we've had some mon- montages. I can see it in my dreams. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I kind of figured we get the point. This is going to happen. But um, loved it. Loved the use of it. And just, I just imagine, was there some kind of, it's almost like a Dracaris. It's just like, do it just means rip. Okay. When I say do it, you rip. Got it. Got it. Let's do it again. Back to one. Back to one. And, and Danny Trejo is there going, he's going to pick it up. He's going to pick it up. It's going to be great. So I love just imagining all that headcanon leading up to that moment. Yeah, and just the reign of carnage. Uh, and I'm with you. Uh, the montage would be fun, but we've seen a few, and I, I kind of like just knowing that, like, Boba Fett's been doing his work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's been doing his work, yeah. Uh, one of my other favorite Rancor moments, there, there's so many, but when the Rancor arrives to that second fight, the uh, second standoff in the, the still standing Scorpionic droid and enters the fight by just kind of running into a building and then just smacking that droid backhand. It was a total Rancor as Leroy Jenkins moment, right? <laughs> Ranky the Rancor! Yeah. <laughs> So that one was great. Final, final big rancor uh, action moment for me is I loved once the the big scary uh, droids were down. They, I, I was emotionally involved. I was really afraid the rancor was going to be like permanently injured or yeah. died. I really didn't want that. So I had that tension there of like, is this going to be? He's going to take the droids out, but he's going to pay the price. It was like cathartic. The it, letting yourself enjoy the fantasy of action when like all was left is the pikes. And they're easy pickings for the Rancor. And when he grabs the one, 
brings it up. Boba shoots it. Then he tosses it and we get an old Wilhelm scream. I love that Robert Rodriguez is like, yeah, yeah, no, I know everybody in the sun department has moved on, but I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> a true uh, Western uh, where it originally originated, right? Uh, yeah. A scream. Uh, love that there. Look, and we, we have to talk about Ranky having a mid-fight snack and eating that bike. <laughs> and here's the thing. I, I think Star Wars fans of, of all ages and, and generations, I think if you know it, you know, it's not so much the Return of the Jedi reference that I think of. It's the reference of George Lucas in the editing suite explaining what he wants out of it to everyone in the suite. You ever seen that clip where he's like, and then he just kind of... And he sucks it up like a noodle and people are laughing. Marsh Lucas is there. And, and I, I thought of that moment. And, you know, uh, you know yes, uh, the Gamorrean guard, return of the Jedi. Totally, totally. Um, but I just thought of that moment more than, than that. And I just see George in some flannel going, he should be like slurping it up. Like it's a, like it's a, like it's a, like that. Love that. I hope that's already a YouTube video where you get to see George Lucas saying that. And then it immediately cuts to the Pike slurp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so great. Uh, what are some other moments for you? Um, let's go moving along here. Well, uh, yeah, Grogu saving dad. This is going right. to, to the moment. Um, again, like not, not surprised. And, and I think sometimes we, sometimes I think we feel things are done too much for surprise when I just don't think they are. They're just part of the story, just a plot point or even stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And other times um, I love a good surprise, but I, this one just all worked where it's like, yeah, of course he's going to like, this just makes sense. One of the reasons he would be there and, and how he, and how he does it and the why of Grogu stepping for the rancor is really important, but it's just a great moment and great, great visual. And one of those things where you're like, go back to 2012 when the sale happens and just go, Hey, look at one point, (laughs) A little baby Yoda is going to be standing in front of a Rancor on Tatooine with Boba Fett on the ground. This guy named Din. Don't worry, you'll you'll like Din. I, I, I just you can't you can't imagine it. You can't think of it. You can dream it up. You can have some fan fiction and fan films, but this is just something that to actually see it, see it on the screen, and it's Star Wars, and we're celebrating it. Uh, I just loved everything about that sequence. Yeah, I. Absolutely loved it. They did the shot kind of twice with Grogu, but I didn't care that it was this uh, beautiful, heartfelt absurdity to see like, all right, all you gunslingers have just uh, taken a nice stride out into the battlefield across the brutal sand. (laughs) Now I'm going to do it. That little walk to get in place of like, and a hero shall arise. And here (laughs) he comes walking, you know? Yeah. I I, I, I went to the same head place like, that's a baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. facing a rancor, a Boba Fett's rancor that he just got knocked off of. They're, uh, not just got, you know, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, got knocked off of a while ago. Uh, it, it was, it, it, there are these parts of Star Wars, uh, it's kind of like a comedy beat that I like that happens sometimes where every step of how you got to where you are is perfectly logical, mm-hmm. but then you get to that moment and just look at yourself and you're like, how the hell did we get here? <laughs> it's everything is everything that's built to it. It makes thematic sense. It's a great action moment. I'm invested in the characters, but you're like mm-hmm. a Muppets walking out to just like face a Ray Harryhausen beast. And, and I have strong feelings about this. It's the weirdest. It's when Star Wars is just like, we are weird. It is yeah. weird. And we, don't care we build the emotion into it and you're cheering because a muppet is fighting you know what is the descendant of a you know yeah. a clay animatic beast 
Yeah, yeah. And going back to me as a kid, being scared of uh, of, of Patissa there, just being terrified as a seven year old. That just the journey. And I think some of it is, uh, and this is again not just specific to one generation of Star Wars fan, but I, I just sometimes have those moments of I thought all this was gone. Yeah, I thought it was all my memories or all my Blu-rays. I I, I didn't th- expect to see any of this new. Uh, going back to that day in 2012 when the, the, the sale comes across and I just, I just, oh, you telling me there's new Star Wars. Does it all work? Is it all perfect? No, no. You know, we, we have those debates to the end of time. But I, sometimes I just sit back and go, I just didn't think I'd get any of this ever again. And, and this is what I'm seeing. And it's wild and crazy and fun. Yeah, it, it, to me, it is truly unique. It is wild and crazy and fun, and then on a dime turns and and is meaningful. This is this moment is that's is Ray with the Vexus, right? It's the mm-hmm. making making a choice of like I could continue to combat, but maybe if I try to see uh, this angry, frightened, uh, sentient being as another sentient being, uh, maybe there's a, a way out of this. The fact that just the the action and the absurdity of it immediately give way to this like beautiful moment that's yeah. heartwarming and, and funny and all at the same time when you lead up to the nap it's just beautiful yeah i mean we you know just discussed it but it, 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 to summarize it and put on a bumper sticker it's it's breaking the cycle of violence it is finding balance when jedi are often just there to make sure the dark side energy doesn't overtake the light and all those things uh, you were discussing beautifully with the luke scene like it, it's all that and it's built into whoa cool yeah. man <laughs> Cool, man. And my last action beat, I'm sure you're here too, is is a cool beat. Uh, throughout this entire series, Boba Fett made sure to introduce Fennec Shand as Master Assassin. I believe he yes. even says, like, I know who you are. You are Master Assassin Fennec Shand. Yes. And we have seen her use her martial skills. We have seen her use her sharpshooting skills. This was Fennec Shand as like a Batman meets Daredevil times a thousand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Assassin killer. You, death is coming for you for sure, but you don't know from where. It was so cool. Do I want an episode that's uh, 55 minutes of Fennec Shand and her life and times? Yes. Uh, Ming-Na Wen is great and she's wonderful and uh, maybe we'll get more in Bad Batch, maybe we'll get more in this show. I'm with the people who are like, hey, more fen- more Fennec because that's not a bad thing. Uh, but this moment here, the fight is almost nothing if the head of this snake is not cut off. So she needs to go do something that's tremendously important. It's on her shoulders and it was cool. It was brutal. It was dark. That, the mare, oh, the bones i had the subtitles on bones cracking <laughs> joseph is it bones cracking it was brutal and if you like some if you want some dark and gritty star wars moments after you got a cute baby putting a rancor to sleep you got it and i thought that too master assassin in, uh, indeed yeah it was so great because we saw so many moments of fennec shan changing uh but she had kept asking boba fett this entire show of like uh, should I just uh, kill him? <laughs> this is a time where Bo was like, yeah, no, we might not be able to beat the army. So yeah, we the, we better try to cut off the head, you know, yeah. go for it, right? Yeah. Uh, it gives her this clear victory that is her own. She gets to accomplish, uh, if this was a musical, her I want song would be, I want to just take out a threat. <laughs> but then the fact that it wasn't this big brawl, it wasn't uh, Boba Fett or Cobb Vanth or Din Djarin standing out there with all their honor and pride mm-hmm. it's her being a master assassin yeah. <laughs> and and again that it, brutal and weird to see those Ithorian feet kicking 
<laughs> and then just that final that you, you know, you, it's such great, great um, misdirection that you expect her to crash down. You expect the door to open, but like she's in the building somehow and behind him. Uh, so, and stabs him in the back. Well, ah, yeah. It's great. We talked earlier of the, you know, the, all the change in the episode, everything, but I, I keep saying, sometimes you also um, confirm who you are and stand firm on what, you know, <laughs> Fennec's like, yeah, I'm pretty good at this. Yep. Master Assassin Fennec Shand. Uh, Action figure on pre-order for me. There you go. There you go. uh, Final action. I I do want to say one final action moment, Justin. Yeah. I want to do a a shout out to our friends. I don't know their names yet. I'm calling them Snort and Oomph. And it is the Gamorrean guards who uh, uh, laid down their lives. Uh, They were the first to uh, pledge their honor and uh, faith and trust uh, in Boba Fett and and they uh, they paid the price of this episode, and uh, I guess some someone's got to go. Someone's got to show that there's some uh, cost to this battle. Uh, they went out, uh, you know. Uh, they went out. And I just want to tip my cap to those Gamorrean guards. I tip my cap to those Gamorrean guards and those those mods that fell. But the Gamorrean guards that that was hard. Y- you needed the stake, but but that was hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's move on then to moments of comedy, whimsy, weirdness. I wrote down a bunch. I'm going to try to contain myself. So, listeners, if you don't hear a favorite comedy line, um, I'm sure Ken and I wrote it down. But yeah. I'm trying to contain myself because there was a lot of great comedy. Uh, where did you go, Ken? Uh, the first one again. This is this is this weird journey with uh, Pelly, where you know two seasons ago I'm like ah, I just don't know about this. Now I'm on board. I, I never wanted to leave. It's uh, hilarious, and I just love you know the X Wing shows up. Some great comedy, like you said. Of uh, I, I just filed my paperwork today, and I'm thinking I was like I, I can't. I, it's not Luke, you know. I'm thinking Gro- okay, Grogu made the decision, but then back in my head I'm like, is Carson Teva joining the fight? Is this do I get my dreams of Carson Teva? Joining the fight? <laughs> is, is this the day when the Calvary shows up here? Uh, um, but it pays off really well. And I just love as she's trying to talk to Grogu. And I just love that R5's beeping and the pit droids are beeping. And she's like, I know an astromech flew the ship. Like, come on here. Give me a break. <laughs> Let's go. I'm connecting with this kid here. Give me a break. I, uh, that started uh, the last for me in this episode. That was great. And also the Grogu. That's a terrible name. Sorry, pal. No, am I calling you that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Which, which uh, isn't that, I've seen that, or uh, isn't that a, that's a George Lucas quote. Is that uh, I think that that's what I'm, I'm hearing some people say that that comes from George off on set going that's a terrible name. <laughs> if so, I love it even more. Uh, you know, there's always going to be debate. I Grogu uh, seems perfect uh, for this character, but it, it just felt like in her character to go. Ah, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> yeah, baby's got to eat. Yeah. She says, "I love that line." Yeah. Baby's got to eat uh, a little. This was not necessarily intended as a comedy line, but it made me laugh uh, when uh, Mock Shays asks Cad Bane, did you convince the marshal to remain neutral? And Cad Bane has this long, yes. yes. <laughs> it's so his, uh, it's his voice and everything, you know what I mean? But it's like, it, it had some, uh, it had some Cad Bane comedy in it. The guy's got a little personality, you know? Oh yeah. No, I mean, he, he changed uh, a one syllable word into like a three syllable word. He was like, Oh, it can, if Palpatine can make the word good last that long, I can do the same with yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another one I liked in that honor conversation between, uh, uh, Din and Boba Fett. I loved it when Boba said, said you really buy into that Bantha fodder, which is kind of funny about itself. And, uh, and Din saying I do. And then Boba Fett saying good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's better better for me if you do uh other moments for you i love you, you you mentioned the if that's not the quack they call him the stifling slimy there's been a lot of that uh i love the the other back and forth with pelly and din naming ship parts and everything from a couple chapters ago so i, I just I, I i like it and and it could be maybe dad jokey it could be silly 
Um, you can just insert space word with real word word and, and whatever. I, I just, I've, I've, I think it's kind of fun. And I, so I like Drash even say, I grew up a womp hop from here. <laughs> it's an important line. If we fall any further, we'll be cornered with no, it's her knowing the place that she's fighting her, her knowing her home. I can get behind all the big themes about it, but I, a womp hop is uh, something I'm going to try to use in real life now. Oh yeah. No, it, I'm really happy that I live only a womp hop away from a movie theater. I can walk there. It's great. Yeah. Right. Love it. Uh, long, long uh, comedy scene, I guess not that long, but uh, a a generous comedy scene for the major domo there when he's uh, <laughs> proposing his solution. Yeah. Uh, the, the part I liked in particular was the, I was educated on Coruscant. Not that that makes me any better. And then Boba Fett's, get to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was when I was like, that's that's the Boba Fett I know from Empire Strikes Back. Like, yeah. yeah, 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 come on. Yeah, no, and again, uh, uh, David Pesquesi and his humor, I think it was effective. It reminded me not of his character on Veep, but just a lot of the comedy of uh, bureaucracy and uh, the the brown nose and everything about it. I think it was effective. And I, I know his style might not have been for everyone. I, I totally get that. Uh, I like that scene. I like the beat. There's a, you got to find that line of how long or how short is that comedy beat? Because I think we all know it's coming. We all know there's something behind it. Is he going to get killed? Is he going to be, eh? and I just, uh, I thought, I thought in the end, I, 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 uh, I really like that sequence. I, and I stand by that. I, I really enjoyed the character. Yeah. And I, I thought it was just a, a great uh, comedy of like, look, I, I, I'm so uh, sensitive about what I say. I've got all of my little caveats ready to go. Um, I, I can have a lot of caveats myself. So I felt, <laughs> I felt a little skewered by that one, but fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Uh, it's great. Uh, other moments for you. Uh, we, uh, all comedy line from Pelly with two, two, uh, the major dome nice tails. And then get behind me, pretty face. Pelly's got you covered. You know, again, the simmering tension between these two is just <laughs> jumping off the screen, especially, you know, she's working on herself. She's not going to date a job right now. Appreciates the offer. Uh, I'm not saying they get together. I'm not saying it at all, but it just was a funny, uh, good subtext there. And, and especially since the joke, the joke against his tails early on, which I thought was played very well of like, Oh yes, it's a, uh, you know, hilarious every time I hear it, uh, paraphrasing, but I just like, she's like, Hey, nice tails, pretty face. I got you. Uh, I thought that was a, a poignant joke as well as a funny one. Yeah, no, it was great to turn what had been just like an awful thing that an awful character said to him into a uh, <laughs> a, a, a weird compliment from Pelly. Because at first I was like, "Hey, wait!" And no, like, no, I watched it again. It's like, "Oh no, she's she's complimenting." Yeah, <laughs> his head. Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah. yeah, I do like. Uh, you know, I I expected that Boba Fett was not actually offering anything on the tablet, and and mm-hmm. I was rewarded though by I thought it was he was just going to stop at nothing. Right. But I loved what it actually said, uh, which uh, the Major Domo had to read, which was, uh, the arid sands of Tatooine will once again flourish with flowered fields fertilized with the bodies of your dead. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew Boba Fett was a poet? It's beautiful. Just beautiful prose. <laughs> it's, yeah, it is absolutely beautiful. Uh, now that, that is a cross stitch to put up in your home. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this fits into comedy, whimsy, uh, heartwarming. Uh, it made me uh, make a noise uh, that it's hard for me to categorize. Grogu's full-on leap into oh. Din's arms, right? Oh, that that there was a round of applause in our house when that happened. Uh, and it's it's wonderful. It's just wonderful. Yeah, you needed the strength of it. Uh, I got just a few more. How about yourself? Uh, yeah, about the same for me. I, I did enjoy the manners. I like it. I love a lot of that stuff there. Uh, uh, it's generational connection, right? Like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. here for the change that your generation brings, but hey, try not to be a complete a-hole to me. 
<laughs> yeah. Enough of this old timer attitude. Yeah. 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 I liked that there. So yeah, that's for me. Uh, yeah. I think probably my favorite uh, comedy line <laughs> in it is the, uh, the Pike's uh, reaction to discussing whether or not uh, Tatooine is a hospitable place to do business. <laughs> right. Pike leader says, Half of my men were either shot or eaten by a rancor. <laughs> Is that what you call hospitable? <laughs> so great. I love those lines that just, that take exactly what we just saw and reframe it from a different perspective of like, yeah. but that, that really happened to them. And you think we could still do business. Here. <laughs> um, final two for me. Uh, I love seeing in the circle of family that Boba Fett has built the rat catcher droid, the LEP droid. Yes. Yes. Actually. <laughs> yes. I love that. Absolutely great. And I'm sure you have this as well. Absolutely a great comedy timing. Uh, Grogu's uh, insistent tapping with the silver ball. Oh yeah. Yeah. Again, uh, you, you, I loved your conversation about that, that scene, but uh, at the end of the day, I'm always going to choose that scene. If it has Grogu, not just tapping, but leaning up against the, the, the glass and, and fog forming on it from his breath. <laughs> it's just this joyful sense of fun. And it's their dynamic of there. This you know, uh, this little family where, you know, uh, uh, Din doesn't quite know how to be a dad and, and Grogu has some impulses <laughs> is just so great. Yeah. I love that there. All right. Uh, any other comedy moments for you or should we move on? Uh, yeah, no, no. I, I'm going to keep laughing at the ones uh, I've, I've listed here. Excellent. Any directorial moments that jumped out at you? Uh, I like in the end, like I've been saying all the way through this, this is definitely Robert Rodriguez directed it. It's a big wild action. Uh, you said it too. That sometimes there might have been a repeated beat or two, and, it's, and it sounds like I'm being negative, but it's just like they dumped it all on the table and they had fun with it there. But and, and in that, I found some wonderful perspective uh, shots. Right, looking through the Rancor's mouth, or uh, even uh, you know Din's. Uh, I called it the heartburn move when he launched fire into Ranky's mouth. There, uh, Boba Fett showing up, getting the hero uh, shot on top of the Rancor. I just mm-hmm. loved a lot of those little moments. You could find them within this action. Um, I, I enjoyed that. And then, and then they took the time with um, the Cad Bane standoff. Uh, you can list all the influences of Westerns and what, what, what have you. I get it. Uh, but this is also a great Star Wars moment with two great Star Wars characters with Star Wars uh, history. Uh, and I just thought uh, the, the, to choose in this wild action and this script and to give me that moment, I was, I was happy uh, them finding, finding the time for it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I, I love that Star Wars pulls from lots of genres. Uh, Mando and Boba Fett have pulled a lot, you know, uh, from westerns and samurai films, and a thing that uh, animated shows have pulled from uh, Clone Wars in particular, uh, and their little individual beats in, in the big movies is, but just the the kaiju, the big monster, right? The uh, Godzilla, King Kong, in the fact that the Rancor was shot to utterly celebrate that on live action in this big episode. That Rancor reveal shot with one claw, another, the boom of music, then the head, the roar, and then Fett riding. It was just like, it was a love letter to not only that moment for uh, Ranky and Boba Fett, but just the influence uh, that is being injected into Star Wars of those kaiju movies. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Star Wars loves its influences, and and as it should, and that's how it was built. Uh, you know, George's nostalgia for the things he was affected—that uh, should always be it. And I love that, and um, it always seems to work really well for the most part. And this is the, no no exception for this episode. 
Yeah, it's got that spirit of why not? Like, if we have a, a, a you know, tormented, misunderstood beast that is being uh, shot at, hell yes, it's going to climb a tower exactly like it's King Kong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because we're having fun here. That's what we're doing here. Uh, so I love that as well, the Rancor climbing the tower. Last thing for me is the, those very interesting cuts after uh, Fett kills Cad Bane. It was really effective to make you kind of feel what Fett was feeling of this kind of moment of accomplishment, but but moment of rage and, and letting go of it uh, mm-hmm. and turning mm-hmm. around. It's just really beautifully done, I thought. Yeah, it, it, Rodriguez is able to get find a lot of that stuff. I, I, I said earlier, like Bryce Dallas Howard just as, as a, you know, a master class and just smooth, just every moment getting emotion from every scene. And this one was a little louder. Like I said, it was a little clankier. It was, it was a, it was a raw garage rock band at, at times mm-hmm. playing a song. And I'm okay with that. I think Star Wars can have all of it, but he, he found those moments when he needed to. Yeah, absolutely. The distortion was turned up on this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you wanted to? Not within the episode. There's so much to it. There, this was, this whole series has been a, uh, uh, Wonderful depth beneath some wild surface uh, fun, and uh, this this was no different. So no, I think I think we touched on everything I needed to to yeah to, to talk about. Cool. Um, taking a lead from from what you have remembered to do uh, throughout this show, I really want to just do a shout out for the stunt people. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, this whole show is it's highlighted them and put them in some acting roles, but this yeah. this episode was just a triumph for stunt people. Right? Hundred percent. Uh, hundred percent. Yeah, and I, it's just been. Um, one thing I, I love, and, and you know, for those uh, you know, the outs, uh, you know, just who watch movies, I'm say outside that that's kind of rude, but just watch movies, maybe not, uh, you know, in the industry, stunt folks are just not only amazing, but uh, sacrifice themselves for a lot, and don't get a lot of credit, uh, don't get a lot of rewards and recognition, and um, uh, you know, uh, it, they should, and and it's a it's a overlooked side of our industry, I think a lot. There's a lot of mm-hmm. parts of the industry that are overlooked and need reworking. This we get, but uh, I just it was always fun for me every week to be like, oh, who played that character? Oh, it was a it was a stunt coordinator. Oh, it was <laughs> oh, it was Brie Larson stunt. Like that, that was that was real fun all the way through, and has been part of even Mando as well. Yeah, agreed. Now I do have to ask you about uh, the great controversy. The song has lyrics in there. Uh, Fat Boba Fett, Boba 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 Fett, Book of Boba Fett, Fett. <laughs> Uh, were you okay with that? Did you like that? Or was it any too anything for you? Was it too on the nose? Was it too cheesy? Did it uh, remind you of uh, the the Star Wars with lyrics sketch from Saturday Night Live? It, it did. Yeah, the Nick the Lounge singer, come on. And it's the best. Look, you know the lyrics I make up for my songs I sing to my dog? They're they're worse than that. <laughs> um, it, was, it was, yeah, you, we said up top, like over the top. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I'm fine with it. You know what I mean? Like we all want to sing and dance to Yub Nub. Uh, which is wonderful in its own right. Like I, I, I think I, I loved it. I'm glad it wasn't every episode. You know what I mean? Like, um, but I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to be singing it for weeks. <laughs> going to be singing it for weeks. Uh, and, and that's my thought on it. There, some might hate it. Some might uh, want to toss it in the garbage. I don't know. I'm just going to be going around. Fet, bo, 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 bo. I mean, Grace and I were already singing it. I'm singing it with my name. I'm singing it to back to the dog here in our house. I might change it to my alarm to wake me up in the morning of just suddenly, oh, fat. <laughs> uh, I think I like it because I really, I like all the depth of Star Wars. Obviously, we spend a lot of time talking about the, the depth of Star Wars, but I like that Star Wars has this sense of fun and, and it's not afraid to do things that might be a little too this or a little too that. Um, and I feel like it works because this show has been about 
Boba Fett coming into focus. It's the book of Boba Fett. It is uh, his chapter of the story. It is the study of who is he. And I like that. Well, in the final chapter, uh, the lyrics come into focus. Fett comes into focus. And now it's not just sounds. It's his name. (laughs) His name is ringing out. You you can almost interpret it as like, it's a song they sing in Mos Espa now (laughs) because that's who he is, you know? Uh, Max Rebo has returned because I know he's not dead in my heart and he's leaving everyone <laughs> in a sing-along uh, a framed photo of Garza on the wall rest in peace Garza like yeah absolutely uh, that is a great segue into uh, predictions or hopes for the future of the Mandoverse we'll have lots of time to talk about this uh, throughout podcasts but I want to touch on it uh, briefly here as we wrap up uh, are you hopeful for a Boba Fett season two uh, uh, another book of Boba Fett or are you excited about the idea that uh, he's set up where he is in, in this time period and that he has good odds of being uh, wrapped up into a mission for Mandalore or some other assistance for Din or Ahsoka or Bo-Katan? Yeah, I, I think that's the 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 way I want to look at this going forward. Like, I, I think we had this little wonderful side journey. Like I said, I, I'm not saying Din passed through it like he's a you know taking us around the galaxy, but in a way he is, and and we got some bigger questions. Um, I I definitely don't need you know I don't need uh, Andor to connect to this. I don't want Kenobi to directly connect to this, but it's it's Star Wars, it's Star Wars, and and I am intrigued by Cobb Vanth and and if Mando needs help or there's something beyond it, I, I don't think you could um, just do another season on Tatooine and and a new problem arises, I think that would, uh, you know, probably not sit well with a lot of folks. And, and you and I have no problem going back to Tatooine, but after a while, okay, I, I want to see where you, these, you can take these characters out and into the galaxy again. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping for that. Yeah. I, I think I'm really hoping that uh, Boba Fett and, you know, some of the main other characters in his story, uh, at least in this season, his story, uh, that Fennec Shan, uh, gets her due that we get to spend some time uh, with Cobb Vanth but I can really see it being this is part of a Mandoverse uh, Boba Fett uh, if there's a coalition of um, you know Mandalore needs to be taken back and Bo-Katan has an idea of what Mandalorians are the armorer does Boba Fett has a tie to this culture whether he thinks about it a lot or not Din's got his relationship now Grogu has made the choice to be a Mandalorian Mm -hmm. it really makes sense for me to Boba Fett for Boba Fett to get wrapped up in that journey and have to face that part of his legacy yeah yeah that's the forgotten uh, not forgotten but uh, yet to to, we haven't had that deep dive yet right on on Mando and Kamino or excuse me and Kamino and Mandalore so yeah I'm with you on that and I yeah since they gave us the tease I'd love to see Cobb Vanth uh, pop up somewhere but i agree with you like right now a a, just a straight up season two i'd be happy to see it because i'd like to spend more time but i would have real questions of like how do you make this uh you know a different kind of story uh on tatooine uh i also just like that these characters are set up in this place because i wouldn't mind a book i wouldn't mind a comic series of you know oh yeah (laughs) boba fett's troubles being the daimyo uh but the it's so it's great that that possibility is there as well yeah Absolutely. Uh, want to touch very briefly on the setup for Mandalorian season three. You know, another thing that happened is uh, for me, it all tied together thematically, but this we're all set up for Mandalorian season three to just uh, start racing forward in an N1. Literally. Uh-huh. Uh, do you feel like, you know, the first season is Mando uh, trying to protect the child and kind of figure out what's, what's really going on with the child. Then it's him as he tells everybody in the second season on a quest to bring them back to his people. Now they've chosen one another 
Do you think the the main mission of season three is Mando trying to go to those mines, trying to go to Mandalore and uh, redeem himself? I do. I do think that. I think he still feels that. He still feels very much like that that code is uh, real, right? And we discussed it and maybe uh, different use of it now. This is the way. But I think there, it, that clearly weighs heavy on his heart. Uh, and I, and I enjoy that. And I think there's a lot, uh, there's a, maybe a reckoning with the armor coming and Paz Vizsla, who knows? And I, I will say this, you know, I, I'm going to go back and watch Mando season two soon. I, I said, I haven't really done it since it aired. Um, and I want to see, you know, that ending, that powerful ending with Grogu and Luke, which is wonderful and emotional and sweet and, and closes that chapter. Remember, we were even thinking, I don't know, maybe we'll never see Grogu again. Maybe we'll see yeah. him when he's a teenager with a mustache. We don't know. Yep. <laughs> and, and here he is. He's right back. And I am I think I like this. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to. I, that decision, there's more to talk about with Luke and everything and what he did. But Luke taking him and training him. And then that's kind of that separate story. I, I, I maybe have to admit to myself, I wasn't on board with that as, as I thought I was. And this and the fact that they're reunited and they're going on and he chose to be here and it's a, it's a new chapter of both their lives. I'm really intrigued by that more than Grogu becoming the first student of Luke's school. Yeah, no, I think it is. It is just um, it, for me, it is great storytelling. I know some people uh, I think might be frustrated of like, well, why did he go to Luke at all then? Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and for me, it is it is all about choice because, look, the thing that hooked us in the first season of Mandalorian, when you get to chapter three, the sin, right? We're all screaming at Din, save him, save him. And Din makes that first choice. And after that, he makes choice after choice. And every time he chooses Grogu. Mm. And for me, it's so much richer that Grogu got this opportunity to go, I think I need to go over here and then go, wait, no, um, I don't. I want to be with this guy. I want to be a part of this. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I like where we are. I like where we are. Yeah. And to me, it just, it really makes Grogu a Mandalorian and it makes them on a quest together of what, what is their clan of two going to be as Mandalorians as they go in search of uh, the history of Mandalore, you know, all those lines from the armor, right. About the songs of Eons past foretold of the Mythosaur rising up to herald a new age of Mandalore. That, I mean, there's a great line of dialogue and a commercial uh, for season three of the Mandalorian. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. We we could talk a lot more about Mandalorian season three and we will in the future. But let's wrap up a nice long episode about Book of Boba Fett by talking about merch, a big part of Star Wars. Ken, if you could have any merch based on this episode, what would you want? I'm going right to the cute. I want you've ever gone to like a zoo or a theme park and you have like a giant you know, shoot uh, shoot a ping pong uh, ball in a, in a little bottle and you'll get the 14 foot plush <laughs> tiger. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want a Grogu and Ranky the Rancor plush set, but to scale. So I want it oh. like the Rancor takes up your entire car and then there's like <laughs> the little Grogu and you can just put them together and they nestle together in your living room in the corner next to your beanbag. I think this is what I want. Anytime that I can't sleep, I'm going to picture that. It's so beautiful. I love your your mega-sized Rancor and Grogu a body pillow idea, I think, is absolutely great. Uh, I could spend a ton of time listing every three-and-three-quarter vintage action figure I want, from uh, Tanti the bartender to Drash on her space Vespa to the, the rat catcher, uh, Pelly, on and on action figures uh, that I would love a uh, red, red shirt, uh Cobb Vance <laughs> called elderly by Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, disagree with that. Disagree with that. Um, I would love a ton of characters, but you know, what really amused me, Ken is when I came 
to to think about this idea. I was like, well, you know what I want is a, a vintage three and three quarter Rancor with Boba Fett. It could be a Haslab. Wait, this just happened where they tried to do <laughs> the Rancor Haslab project. Uh, people weren't happy with it, uh, uh, and and it 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 didn't work uh, uh, for a couple reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know it is not exactly the same, but for me, it just it was kind of a, a comedy thing of fate steps in to rescue the wretched. Of yeah, yeah. <laughs> regardless if they do three and three quarter or black series. I bet a rancor with Boba Fett writing with an eatable pike. <laughs> uh, that would be fate uh, stepping in to rescue uh, the wretched in terms of a HasLab project. And I think that one would get funded pretty quick. I think so. I think. Ride that momentum. Ride that wave. Ride that momentum like Boba Fett learned to ride that rancor. Well, that is our big look at the final chapter of the book of Boba Fett. Ken, do you want to let people know where they can find us? Yes, thank you all for listening uh, for not just this episode, but the entire season of the Book of Boba Fett. We know a lot of New Year's came on in. Uh, if you want to uh, follow us, uh, you can do so on Twitter at Force Center Pod or on Instagram, YouTube as well. You can like our Facebook page, Force Center Podcast. Podcasts available a lot of different spots. Go to Acast, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and others. Just look them up. We're there. And uh, you can get an audio book on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. You can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center. We always say it, but I think it's even more important with the, you know, sometimes that Star Wars discourse uh, reaching some levels of anger that uh, it take away some joy from folks. Uh, not that discourse isn't a good, fun thing at times, but uh, if you support us on Patreon at any level, you get into our Discord where you can go in and have just uh, fun discussions, generally supportive, even disagreements are worked out pretty easily, and we don't have a lot of them. It's just a good conversation with Force Center friends. So that's uh, what we feel is a big uh, appeal of uh, supporting us there, if you so choose. You can follow me at Ken Napsock or go to my website, KenNapsock.com, for all all the fun, silly things I do, Joseph. Yeah, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can find all of my other comedy adventures on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Ranky the Rancor, this has been the Book of Boba Fett Report. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.